Good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn. He's Griffin. If it's Friday, that means the Chief Grand Poobah, Stan the Fan Charles, is in studio with us. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Griffin. Good morning, Glenn. I'm looking at a couple of numbers. I'm looking at the Orioles minus 148 on the money line for game one. I'm looking at a total of eight runs in game one. For the Orioles those from and the Superbook? Rangers. Those, of course, would be from Superbook, where you can use the codes Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23. And if you do, you get up to $250 in a same day first bet, match, win, or lose. The price on the Orioles to win the series? Yeah. Minus 130. So, slight favorite. One more question about the offer of Stan Charles. Can somebody go and double dip? And, and use, use both, both no, codes. But if they could. What they could they, do. If they got caught, though, they'd be. That would be. Yeah, that would be problematic. They could use your code, and then their spouse or other partner or mistress or I don't. What do you call a male version of a mistress? I don't even know. Um, Mister. <laughs> their Mister. The first gentleman. Yeah, the first gentleman, Doug Emhoff, would be eligible. <laughs> I don't know if they live in Maryland. I guess technically they live in the district, so it's a different thing. Superbook, I don't think, is available in the district, but you get the point. Here in Maryland, we want you to use those codes. Glenn Clark, 23. Stan Charles, 23. Uh, the, the Again, just some fun with odds. The most likely scenario for the series, according to Superbook, is Orioles in five at plus 350, followed by Orioles in four. What's Orioles in three? That's, that's I'll get there. Followed by Orioles in four at plus 375. Rangers in four, also plus 375. Orioles, sorry, Rangers in five is plus 425. Orioles in three is plus 450. Rangers in three is plus 850 going into the series. So just keep those numbers in mind as you consider signing up and making your first bet with Superbook. I've got some numbers for you, too. What you got for me? I've got the numbers. Now, remember, I told you guys that I had Nathan Eovaldi on my fantasy baseball team. So you on, ruined his second on half. July 18th, I was incorrect about something the other day. On July 18th, that's after the All-Star break, after a few days extra, because he pitched in the All-Star game one inning. He pitched six shutout innings against Tampa Bay and got the win. He was 11-3 and at that point in time with an ERA of 2.69. From, from that point... He did not pitch again until September 5th. Right. And he threw six games in the regular season. I'd forgotten he even got one win. He let up five runs in like five innings and got a win. But his earned run average from September 5th to September 29th was 9.30. Then I write my power rankings and I rank the Texas Rangers as 12. They've got zero chance to virtually zero chance. Less chance than anybody, least chance of anybody else Mm -hmm. to win the World Series. And Nathan Ivaldi comes back in game two and looks tremendous. So nobody has announced their starters for the series yet, right? The assumption 
is, of course, that Kyle Bradish is going to start game one. He's doing a presser today. So I think yeah. that basically yeah. you know, gives you all of the uh, the finality that you need. And yeah. look, there was no ever any, never any debate I, about who was starting game I'm one. I'm assuming Texas is going to start Dane Dunning the, or Andrew Heaney. So the weird part is that Fangraphs lists the, the, Fangraphs lists the starters for this series in a bizarre scenario. Okay. So I'm going to choose to ignore it altogether okay. because they have Kramer listed as the game two starter for the Orioles. Okay. Yeah. Never know. So I I hear you, I hear you. He was so impressive the other day in the inner gotta, squad game. Gotta, gotta go to him quicker. Um, yeah, they have Bradish, Kramer, and Means listed on Fangraphs. The uh, they have Dunning, Montgomery, Eovaldi listed for that's, the Rangers. That's how I think it'll go. Okay, I will tell you that uh, I'm optimistic the Euros will win the series, but uh you know we are we are not the veteran team in this no, series no, Texas Rangers have a lot of veteran players and with Montgomery and Ivaldi going in two and three I would say the Orioles would be well advised to win game one yeah that's a great point Stan and again, the good news is they send out Kyle Bradish, and you have lots of faith that if someone can deliver you a six-inning start in this postseason and give you a genuine chance, that it would be Bradish who would do it. I know we talked last week. You are set on Gibson being the fourth starter for the series, if necessary. If necessary, yeah. Um, where are you with closer going into the series? I would say Cano gets probably the first opportunity to close a game i would think but is it a commitment to cano or is it more like by committee where if the matchups like yeah i would think it, uh, brandon's gonna obviously reserve the right like if three lefties are yeah. coming up i think it'll be cnl perez right. you know uh going into pitch but you're, you're not I think you're cano, not in favor of wells getting the opportunity um i'm not opposed to him getting an opportunity um i would you know um He's st still out of my mind a little bit. Uh, I would think it would be Wells or or Cano. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. look. I have sort of come around to the idea of Wells, and it's almost like the Cano thing worked so well in the eighth inning and didn't work as well in not. <clears throat> why not? Why mess with it? Why mess with the thing that worked? Have him pitch in the eighth inning. And then you you might be you might be correct about that, Glenn. And to your point, if if you know what you see coming up for the ninth is lefties, then yes. you go that route at yep. that point, right? Yep. I'm I'm not opposed to that whatsoever. Um, I'm hoping it's uh, I'm hoping my my fear in game one is and and Bruce Bochy is a pretty darn good manager is is to force Brandon's hide. Brandon's I mean, Hyde. Brandon Hyde. I'm not sure. <laughs> you might have come up with something there. No, it's Brandon's hand yeah. is to force him to make an early decision. Luke and I were talking right. about this yesterday. To make an early decision. Like, if Dane Dunning starts the game, then you're going to have the Ryan O'Hearn mm -hmm. lefty lineup mm -hmm. in there, you know. And then suddenly, after three innings, having nothing to do with the score of the game, Heaney comes yep. in. And now you got the left-hander and you got a few left-hander, you know, mm -hmm. Adam Frazier's in the lineup, and and do you com do you make those changes early, right. to try and hit Heaney if the game's nothing, nothing? And does that one? make you lean towards the idea that he's going to keep fourteen position players and twelve pitchers? Because I have really struggled with. That. I at first was vehemently opposed to it because I'm like, all you need is one seventeen inning game, right? And you're effed. Yeah. But that argument of the Rangers trying to manipulate you. 
I, I have kept listening to people all week say this is why you do it. This for this series, again, a seven game series, you're not going to do that. Right. But for this series, that's why you're going to keep a 14th position player. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, I'm not sure how Brandon's thinking on that. Because presumably be. Kerstad would be the the odd man out at that point. I guess Arias could be. like I, It's possible they could choose. Arias really struggled down the stretch. Here's my point about Kerstad. I'm not down at all on Heston Kerstad. Did he do anything in his two weeks with the ball club that made you say that he's makes gotta, you, mean, gotta have him, you know, because there's no question he can come up late in the game against Jonathan Hernandez or somebody and hit a home run. There's no question about that. But did he give us anything in the two weeks that we had him that that said he's getting better at bats than Colton Kowser or better at bats than Ryan McKenna? Yeah, it, well, it McKenna was ju- the really surprising one to me, Stan. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised that they weren't prioritizing McKenna to be on the roster. Um well, it shows that they feel that having that left-hander off the bench could right. be vitally important in this series. And I feel like that's the it's more it's less what he did and more just the option. Just the threat, just I feel like it's way more that than it is yeah. necessarily that he earned a spot on the post. I just think roster. Bruce Bochy and his scouting team and all that, they've watched Kerstad play. Sure. Uh, I don't think they're sitting there like, oh, I hope we don't get no, Kerstad in the I'm 12th sure. inning, you know. <laughs> you know. I'm sure that's uh, not the case. All right, we've got a lot to do this morning. A very busy day. We are going to talk some oh, Raven Steelers because I don't know if you heard, it's Raven Steelers week. So, it? yeah, believe this it or week? not, this week is Raven Steelers week. Uh, we'll preview. I the thought pit- they were postponing that and putting the Billy Joel concert right. on Sunday at, no, I don't at Heinz Field. I don't think that's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, uh, Charlie Badge, former Steelers quarterback and radio host out in Pittsburgh. Of course, it's Friday, so our friend Bo Smolka will join us, and Evan Washburn, who will be on the broadcast uh, for CBS on Sunday as well. They will all join us this morning. We will talk plenty of Rangers Orioles as well in just a couple of seconds. Tim Kirkjian is going to check in with us. He is on the call for ESPN Radio's broadcast of Orioles Rangers. Also, later on in the program, a familiar name for a number of Orioles fans, Mark McLemore will check in with us. He now does Rangers for Bally Sports down in Texas, and we will catch up with him to preview the Texas side of the division series. So all that coming up on the program today. Today's show also brought to you by... The Baltimore County Police Department, they are hosting a hiring event coming up on Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. If you're thinking about a career with the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through the entire process, written test, agility test, application process, all of it right there. If that's not something that interests you, it's still an important event for you because it's a community event as well. Opportunity for you to come out, have a touch, conversation, interact with the police, and more importantly for your kids, a very safe atmosphere for a trunk or treat on Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-4584. Do they still have the agility test uh, in place for senior citizens? Unfortunately, yes, Stan. Uh, it still is in place for, uh, for everybody in order to join the Baltimore County. But we can start training, you and I, if you want. You want to get in on that right now? Might be the time. You know, How about we I would you? if the Orioles weren't in That's the postseason. That's a great point. You're busy. You know, I just don't You're have busy. the time. I understand yeah. that. So is our next guest, of course. 
Uh, he gets a bit of a home series uh, for the weekend as he will be working Orioles Rangers for ESPN Radio. Hall of Famer. That's correct. He is the legendary Hall of Famer. Our friend Mr. Tim Kirkchen is back with us now here on GCR. Tim, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles. It's always great to catch up, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. My pleasure, fellas. How are you? Uh, how could we be doing any better, Tim? <laughs> Life is good Doesn't here. Doesn't get much better than this, Tim. Well, playoff baseball in Baltimore has always been tremendous, but this year is even better, just given where this team was two years ago, the, the jump that it made last year. Remember, two years ago, this team was 39 games out of fourth place. Only one other team has ever been that far behind the next worst team in the league or the division. And then they came back last year and then made another jump this year, which is almost unheard of in baseball. I've done all the research on this, and it's so, so impressive. And now they're the number one seed in the American League, young, hungry, athletic team. I can't wait for tomorrow. Tim, I, I'm wondering how you handle this juxtaposition going into the playoffs of it's unfair for us to say that for like the Orioles, it's World Series or bust. It would be crazy to suggest that about a team this young and, to, you know, given all of the stuff that you just presented. And yet here we are going in the division series and they had an 11 game better record than any other team that's left in the American League playoffs. So how do we juxtapose like the unreasonable expectations versus but everything we said suggests they really are the best team in the American League. Yeah, they are the best team in the American League, but we know the ultimate beauty of baseball is once you get to the postseason, anything can happen, and the best team doesn't always win. So nobody, and I mean nobody, should look at this as a disappointing season in any way if, say, they don't get past the Rangers, who are really good, by the way, or they don't get past the next round, or they don't get to and win the World Series. The step they took this year is a building block that's going to keep this team relevant, if not really good, for five more years. So that's the way you have to look at it. But, of course, with expectations this high, you win 100 games, you expect to win the next round, and I think they will. But it's going to be really difficult because the American League is filled with a bunch of teams that are dangerous, the Rangers being one of them. Tim, I wanted to ask you about the Rangers uh, because I feel I know enough about the Orioles. But how in the hell did the Nathan Eovaldi from post-All-Star game suddenly – and I've got the numbers since when he came off the IL. He pitched in six games in September in 20 and the third innings at an ERA of 9.3, uh, batting average against 313, just nothing really impressive that stood out. How did that guy suddenly morph back into the real good Nathan Eovaldi? Yeah, I did that game on TV the other day from the booth. And in those 20 and a third stand, he yep. also walked 13 guys yep, yep. And, g and gave up seven, seven home runs. Home runs. Yep. And, and I was told before the game started that the stuff just isn't the same, the command isn't the same, and yet Brad Miller, one of his teammates, looked at me before the game and said, I would take any pitcher on this team. I heard you but say the that. First yeah. one, the first one I'm taking is Nate Evaldi <laughs> because of his career postseason record, the way he carries himself 
every day, but the way he carries himself, especially in the postseason. There's a grit to that guy that most people don't understand. Never forget, he pitched in that 18-inning game, pitched six innings, 97 pitches in relief, and they lost, and his teammates gave him a standing ovation when he got into the clubhouse. The point is, never underestimate the heart of a true competitor, and that's who that guy is. I was surprised as anyone that he was that good because he was absolutely brilliant for the first six innings in Tampa. Yeah, see, I finished second in my fantasy league, uh, Tim, and I had Nathan Evaldi. So I missed all of the Nathan Evaldi in in August and September. Well, this is why I've never played fantasy (laughs) baseball. I could never allow my fantasy team to get in the way of what I'm trying to do here. I understand. I have main objective. Yeah. All right, Uh, Tim, I want to present these numbers to you. Um, The Orioles struggled mightily offensively down the stretch. Um, In in their last 15 games, Cedric Mullins, 125. Adam Frazier, 158. Austin Hayes, 170. McCann, 178. Arias, 207. Mountcastle, 224. Henderson, 226. You get the point. Ryan O'Hearn didn't have a hit in his last 23 at-bats. I know there was a lot going on. They were dealing with the weight of trying to clinch the division, and then the final weekend the games didn't matter. But is there any concern at all from you about, for a lot of these guys, they've never been here before, that they might have been hitting a little bit of a wall late in the season? Do you have any concern about that as they go into the playoffs? Yeah, look, this is not as good an offensive team as the Rangers are. And it's not as good an offensive team as it was during the best part of the season. And I talked to an Oriole guy yesterday who said, I did not like their approach the last nine games, nine games of the season, especially. So this is something of a concern. Now, having said that, I've seen teams go into playoffs in a terrible offensive or defensive or pitching slump, and suddenly they're really good again. And I fully expect, um, the Orioles to score some runs against the Rangers. But, yes, it's a bit of a concern. Young guys down the stretch, young guys never played this much, young guys never played the postseason. Sure, that's always a concern, but it's a young man's game, and I will take young, hungry, athletic kids in any venue at any time. That's what the Orioles have, and I just don't think this offensive slump of the last two weeks is automatically going to go into the playoffs. Tim, uh, the Orioles haven't had a true ace at the top of their rotation since you go back to Mucina. I mean, Chris Tillman was real good. He was real solid. But Kyle Bradish has looked the part of an ace, especially in the last third of the season. I mean, his whole season's been very good, but especially his last 50 innings or so, 57 innings, He's really looked the part of an ace. Is that how you see it? Absolutely. He's turned the corner. He's the first Orioles since Messina to have an ERA under three and qualify for the ERA title. His ERA is under three for his last 43 starts. And the change was when he he took that that four-seamer and then started throwing a two-seamer with sinking action. Now he throws fastball and sinker four-seam and sinker about the same amount, and that's really changed him. Plus, he can really, really spin a curveball and a slider, and he's become, you know, a really good starting pitcher and a guy who definitely should be starting game one for you, and that will be the key for them because 
you know, the Rangers, again, are a really good offensive team. They led the league in runs scored. They led the league in walks. They are so dangerous when they're swinging it. So he's going to need to be at his best because this team can bludgeon you with any team in the American League. Tim, uh, when you go back a couple of years ago, was Bradish that kind of prospect when the Angels had him? Was it, was it thought within the industry that this guy is a stud to be, or did Mike Elias and his guys see something in him? Well, I think that I don't remember him being a stud of studs. I remember him being a prospect. I remember talking to people about him when the trade was made. I said, all right, let's see what he can do. And I just think it's the ultimate beauty of baseball is that the light goes on at certain times for certain players. And again, this guy's move to the two seamer has changed the way that he goes about pitching now. And he's become an ace and it's really, really impressive what he can do because um, they haven't had anybody like him in a little while, just like you said. Yep. It's the best season we've seen from an Orioles pitcher since Messina in 92. I mean, it's it's absurd what he's done. Tim Kirkshen with us for just another couple of minutes as he's getting ready to work Orioles-Rangers for ESPN Radio. Um, Tim, I, I, we've been talking a lot this week about the back end of the bullpen for the Orioles. It's obviously not going to be Felix Batista. I, I guess it's twofold. Do you have a sense for how they might approach it? And then on the flip side – do you have a thought about whether at this point in the season, like the closer by committee can even work, or do you need to have someone that you say definitively we trust and is our guy in these situations because it gives a level of confidence to the entire team? Yeah, I think the bullpen ERA is about exactly the same when Batista is active and when he's not active. So somehow, I'm not sure how, they've done pretty well out of the bullpen without it but they are really going to miss him. And to answer your question at this time of year, it's all hands on deck. You don't need one closer. The Rangers don't have one closer. Several teams now don't have one closer. The Dennis Eckersley's pitch in the ninth. Those days are not necessarily over, but teams are being very flexible now and saying, all right, we don't have a guy who's going to get everyone out in the ninth inning. So let's mix and match. That's where the Orioles are right now. Cano will get, most of the save opportunities, I would guess. But Brandon Hyde's going to look at the numbers. He's going to look at the matchups. He's going to watch the game and say, all right, we've got a better guy for a spot here. And that's what I think they'll do for the majority of the postseason, just like the Rangers are doing similar things. Tim, uh, just the series that you just covered, the Tampa series, um, what do you think happened to the Rays uh, in those two games? Because that was a, a really gutty, gritty team for 162 games. And suddenly Lackluster. the fans didn't appear and the club didn't appear. Is there a connection? Um, I don't think there's a connection, although that, that crowd was very disappointing. And the Rays won 99 games this year. But you guys know when you take away your double play combination and now you're starting guys who are – you know, backup guys, they're mm -hmm. extra guys. Some of them don't even belong in the major leagues, and they're starting in a playoff game. It's really hard to win that way. Plus, as we know, they lost three-fifths of their starting rotation. Jeffrey Springs and Shane McClanahan were Cy Young candidates, and they lost them. It's really hard to overcome. But they lost in part because their defense was really bad. Yeah, and they're a good defensive team. But this is the reminder and the warning for Oreo fans 
And um, the, the Rangers have a great defensive team. The Rangers made 57 errors this year. Mm. They made 16 errors the second half of the season. The only teams in history to make fewer errors in a full season for the Diamondbacks this year with 56 and the 2013 Orioles with 54. That's how good the Rangers' defense is. You hit it to them, they're going to catch it. And that did not happen to the Rays. And to me, that's the biggest reason why I went south for them. They played so poorly defensively in the first game. That's how they lost. All right, uh, Tim Kirkchen, before we let you go, I wonder, I, we're assuming at this point that Gunnar Henderson's going to be Rookie of the Year and Brandon Hyde's going to be Manager of the Year in the American League. But, I, you know, whatever happens over the course of the next couple of weeks, the Brandon Hyde side of it I still think doesn't get fully told, right? I think the story of the talent here in Baltimore and – the story of, of, of whatever you want to call it, tanking, I think that story gets told plenty. But can you put into words the job that Brandon did when so many people kind of assumed he was a placeholder manager, um, much like you know others in Houston like and Chicago? Porter, and, yeah. um, the job that he did to bring this group together and the role that he's played in creating this culture that exists here in Baltimore. Yeah, well, I am so happy for him that they have recognized that he's the guy to take them to the next step. It is not fair to a manager to say, we want you to absorb all these losses through our rebuild, through all these tough times. And then when we get good, we're going to replace you with someone else. They recognize right away who Brandon Hyde is. And he told me last year that when they went to spring training, he said, I had no idea what our pitching was going to look like. No idea. And somehow, miraculously, six, seven, eight pitchers stepped forward, and they became a good team last year. And it's because he didn't panic. He looked. He found the right people. And that's why he is where he is, where the Orioles are, where they are, because of his even keel approach. It's very impressive. I I love Brandon Hyde, but a former popular manager of the Baltimore Orioles is out of work. Do you think Buck Showalter gets a sixth team to manage again? I certainly hope so. The game is better when Buck is in it, and I think other teams should look and say <laughs> that Met situation was quite a mess this yeah. year in a lot of ways, and it is still a mess at the moment. And I'm, I'm just on a different level with blaming managers for when teams don't play well and things are done poorly from above. So, yes, I think he will manage again if he wants to manage again. I'm sure – uh, the way that season ended uh, did not uh, did not bode well for Buck. Uh, I would encourage you all, if you have not read what Tim wrote in particular about Brooks Robinson, uh, we're going to link it up on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. Great. It was perfect. And Tim, uh, you know, we're, we're still dealing with a lot of emotions, as you know, and I'm sure uh, you are with your relationship with Brooks. It's uh, it's it's kind of wild how uh, this is converging in this moment, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a celebration of baseball in Baltimore this weekend. Tim, always appreciate you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Enjoy the series, all right? Okay, guys. Thank you. See you. Thanks, Hall of Famer. Tim Kirkchen, he'll be working the weekend and the, uh, the entire series, of course, for ESPN Radio. Appreciate him hopping on. Do you on know something us. about his job status? What's that? On Monday after Monday? You uh, said no, he's going to yeah, be working, working the weekend. Yeah. No, he's going to work the whole series. <laughs> I, they stick uh, the same broadcasters on the series throughout. And I. I would assume that he'll continue to work the ESPN radio yeah. broadcast through Straight the World through. Series. Yeah. 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 
Um, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, bring you today's program. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We'll talk Raven Steelers with Charlie Batch next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train, and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. A lot going on this weekend. Obviously, we'll continue to talk Rangers-Orioles throughout the morning ahead of the playoffs, but also on Sunday, perhaps you've heard of uh, Ravens-Steelers. I hear it's a thing. And so, uh, it's always a tradition of ours whenever the Ravens are getting ready to play the Steelers. We still have never gotten over him waltzing in here in 2012 and beating the Ravens. And I don't think we'd be able to do this the way that we have over the years had it not been for the fact that the Ravens turned around and won the Super Bowl that year. If that ha- wasn't the case... Took we, the bitterness out of it. 100%. We might never have been able to create the friendship with this man. Former Steelers quarterback, uh, host for WDVE out in Pittsburgh. He is our friend, Charlie Batch, and he's back with us once again here on GCR. Charlie, it's Glenn. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me this morning. It's always good to hear your voice, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, not a problem. I always, always enjoy being on with you, fellas. So Charlie, I've, in fact, your name came up a bit this week when we thought at one point that Kenny Pickett might not play because basically every Ravens fan in town was like, well, remember, you know, Charlie Batch once came to Baltimore and beat the – Mike Tomlin may have remembered that too. I he may, may have called upon him. Yeah, right. So might not have <laughs> – um, he's laughing like that's not remotely yeah, probably, probably not going to happen. <laughs> Charlie, we know it will be Kenny Pickett for Sunday, but I'm not sure exactly where that leaves the Steelers. The offense has been uh, putrid, seems like the appropriate word. Um, we know the defense is really good, and we'll get to that, but how do you explain just how lackluster the offense has been for the Steelers, and is there any reason to think that's changing quickly? Uh, to be honest with you, is I mean, it's a head scratcher up here because you know what we saw throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, everybody got excited about it, and I was buying into what they were selling. And then, unfortunately, when it got to the season, it just really went sideways in, in, in a manner that we haven't seen before. A lot of people are frustrated. The fans are frustrated for the lack of pro- productivity on the offensive side. And you know, if you watch the game on that Monday night, the fans were letting offensive coordinator Matt Canada have it as it relates to their display of pleasure. So he. He can't afford to have anything that mimics what happened on Monday night as you play as they, as they prepare for the Ravens. Is it is it mostly is it Canada's? It, look, Canada's a guy that we got to know here because he spent the season as the interim coach at Maryland and in very difficult circumstances did about as admirable of a job as you could possibly ask for. And so, if anything, we have some affinity here for Matt Canada. And and you know, heck, if the Steelers' offense is bad, we have more affinity for him, I guess, here in Baltimore, Charlie. But is it really all on him? Is some of it that the development of Kenny Pickett just has not come along the way that it was expected to? I know also not having Deontay Johnson and 
Pat Fryermuth certainly doesn't help. It doesn't help, and I think when you look at it from the frustration part is the fact that we've seen three quarterbacks run in this system. Ben Roethlisberger at the end of his career, Mitch Trubisky last year, and then here we have Kenny Pickett. So you, everybody started to get excited about it because the familiarity of the uh, offense when he was at Pitt with Matt Canada, you're thinking that that's going to be an easy production. But yet they did that in the final uh, seven games, final nine games of the season as they finished up seven and two. But ultimately when we get to this particular point, you haven't seen it. You don't see the lack of uh, attempts down the field. They get behind in ball games. You heard, obviously, everything that was kind of talked about over the last week as it relates to what potentially Matt Canada said to CBS broadcaster, that this offense isn't uh, developed enough to come from behind. All of those things are all kind of, you know, boiling in the frustration point of why you're not seeing some of these things. But at the end of the day, when you ask that question, Players, they do have to produce. There are plays that can be made out there. Unfortunately, they're not hand-in-hand, and that's why you're seeing some of the things that you're seeing now. Charlie, when I think of Steelers football, I think of pounding the football. Uh, Is this club having just as much trouble running the football right now? They are, and they built this team up to hopefully be able to now control the line of scrimmage. They went out and made a couple additions on that offensive line, thinking, okay, we can play ball control on that side, but they just haven't been able to do that. And right now you're seeing injuries that are happening up front with the Steelers, and then from there the lack of productivity that everybody expected from this running game. So it's frustrating all around. But like you mentioned in this Ravens game, you have to be able to run the football, and if you're not able to do it and either one of these defenses make you one-dimensional, that's when you know, okay, now they have a leg up on you as it relates to what they're looking to do. And I, I just don't I just don't see that going that direction today or this weekend. Charlie Batch is with us here on GCR as we're getting ready for Raven Steelers on Sunday. Charlie, to your point, and we saw it, you know, in uh, earlier in this season, like the defense is outstanding. I mean, TJ Watt's probably the best defensive player in football at the moment. And it's not just that they're a really good defense. They're an opportunistic, capable defense that can, you know, like score points and change games with big plays. I would assume if there is a roadmap to the Steelers on Sunday, it's it's got to involve them getting some of those big, truly game-changing plays from this defense, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think these are things that you saw in three of the first four weeks of the season that didn't materialize against the Texans for whatever reason going down there. They were able to control that defensive front. So it made me think, okay, hmm, did they go back and look at the 49ers game plan and say, what did they do well in week one? We're going to apply it in week four. And if that's the case, you better believe that everybody on that Baltimore staff is going back and look at those two films to see how they control the defensive front of the Steelers. And if they're able to do that, you'll see the success on the Ravens' side. Charlie, uh, the Ravens-Steeler game, it seems like it always – you know, it's a ends. field goal. It's going it, to come down to a field it, goal. That's it always what. comes to a field goal, but this year in Pittsburgh, the Ravens are favored by four points. Do you expect this to be a typical Ravens-Steelers game when all said and done? And that is very unusual because typically you would have seen maybe, you know, one point, one right. and a half max in this particular series. But obviously, you know, the, the sports better, they see something in this particular manner to say, okay, now it's four plus um, in this game. So, Based off everything that's happening, you know the Ravens probably be a little bit more healthier coming into this particular game. I just don't see that happening at Akershore. I think this is going to be one of those old-school battles that you know is going to come down to the last possession, and you know whoever you know gets the ball last will potentially win this game. I, just, I think it goes back to that particular manner, not the blowout on what everybody else thinks. 
um, Charlie, how close are, you know, like it, if this does go south for the Steelers on Sunday, is Mike Tomlin left with no choice kind of but to make a decision about Matt Canada? And I ask that because I, I feel like there's the second level of that question, which is it, it, do we start having a conversation about if this season were to go a certain way that Mike Tomlin's future in Pittsburgh is in question? Yeah, Mike Tomlin's future is not in question. There's nothing wrong, nothing happening there. Um, but what I can see is, you know, if you turn around and lay an egg in this particular manner, you head into the bye week. Now that gives you 14 days to talk about what's going on on the offensive side and make you now, you know, all of those questions that are happening with my Canada. The problem is, number one, the Rooney family, they don't like – firing people and allowing them to catch to elect a check at home. So as fruitful as this organization is, I can't see a move that's made there from the higher ups. But the second part of that is I just don't know if they have somebody on staff at this particular point mm. that's capable of being elevated into that offensive coordinator role because essentially what you're doing is going to have the same offense but different play caller because right now you're at the point of the season where you just can't revamp everything. So if something was to happen, expect to hear Mike Sullivan's name. He's the quarterback coach for the Steelers that will potentially be elevated. I just don't see – I just don't think none of that materializes over the bye week if, if it goes sour for whatever reason on Sunday. Hey, Charlie, I've got a little bit of a curveball question for you. You know, most people now identify you with the Steelers. I'm old enough to remember you playing quarterback for the Detroit Lions and playing some of your best football with the Lions. Uh, how close are you to the fans in Detroit? In other words, are, are you at all excited for them that they've got the, they're on the precipice of something pretty special out there in Detroit? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, I'm up here quite quite often only because, you know, I went to Eastern Michigan, which is literally only 10 minutes from the Lions practice facility, 20 minutes from downtown. So you do see a lot of fans that are at that particular, uh, at at those venues. So I get a chance to run into a lot of them. So I get excited about what they have going on. And I think this is probably the first time in all of my years that when I would go to Detroit, I would see more now more Lions uh, jerseys or apparel than what I would see Steelers. And that's really been customers. I would always see more Steelers gear in, in Detroit than I would Lions gear. So they're, the fans are excited about what they're what they're selling up here, and they're producing on the field. And they they can get a victory this week against the Panthers. You better believe this city is going to be buzzing, or at least Detroit is going to be buzzing as far as the excitement of what they expect for the Detroit Lions. Um, uh, just wrapping up with Charlie Badge as we get ready for Raven Steelers on Sunday. One, Charlie, on the flip side, uh, you know, I, I, this will be your opportunity to see a change for the Ravens as they made the switch, uh, the offensive coordinator spot in the offseason, and they've, they've mixed things up with Todd Munkin this year. How much did you think that made sense for Lamar Jackson and that that needed to happen for his progression in the NFL? And I don't know how much you've been able to watch so far because the Ravens have played all one o'clock games on Sundays to start the season. But how interested are you in seeing what that means for Lamar Jackson now moving forward? Oh, I'm excited for uh, Lamar Jackson. And, and here's why, because people, my affiliation with Todd Munkin, it goes back almost 30 years because he was actually the run receivers coach at Eastern Michigan from 94 oh to 97. <laughs> so that's how far me and him go back. Wow. So I love Coach Munkin on everything he brings to the table because I've known him close to 30 years. So I understand what he's trying to do in the passing game. And, of course, he worked his way through the coaching ranks to get the opportunity there in Baltimore. So, yes, I can't wait to see him because I'm going to give him a huge hug because he 
is my guy, and I love him to death because he stood up for me, you know, at times at Eastern and say, we have our quarterback on a roster. So I get excited from that particular perspective, but also want to see what they're capable of doing with Lamar Jackson. And then my history serves me well. I think Lamar Jackson is going to do well under t- Coach Todd Munkin. I mean, I didn't even realize. I haven't even that done the great. math, man. That it's makes like six degrees of right. separation. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Charlie, we know uh, how committed you are to your community. And despite the fact that we, you know, there's not a lot of love lost between the city of Baltimore and the city of Pittsburgh, I always love uh, having you tell everybody about what it is that you're doing out that way with the Best of the Batch Foundation. What do you guys have coming up these days? Yeah, we are excited. You know, we, with our foundation, we just went from 5,300 square feet to 33,000 square feet in our expansion. So our Best of the Batch Foundation, we're an educational foundation, and we focus on STEAM and after-school programs. So we service 3,800 kids annually throughout southwestern PA. You know, we're just trying to do our small part and help close this educational gap. Um, so regardless of what city that we're in, this uh, stories are very similar across the country. So as we continue to kind of go out there and do our part, anybody wants to learn what what we're doing throughout the year and if we can help in any way please go to batchfoundation.org you'll be see you see all of the programs that we run throughout a calendar year and we're just trying to do our small part to attack this issue charlie charlie what did the batch found the best batch foundation do buy a mansion how did you go from <laughs> how'd you go from 5500 to 33,000? Yeah, actually, we were able to um, acquire three parcels, um, half half of the block, essentially. That's and great. we kept our existing building, which was 5,300 square feet. We demoed everything else, and then from there, we added on 27,000 square feet. That's so fantastic. what I'll do is I actually I'll tweet out a picture um, in response, because I know you tweeted some stuff on uh, out there. What I'll do is give you a before and after uh, picture for what we did in our transformation to give you a better cool. idea visually. That's very cool. That's cool. Very. Uh, I love how committed you are. And I know it's been a part of your story the entire time that you have found success in football and beyond. At Charlie Batch 16 on Twitter is how you follow him. Always appreciate taking the time for us this morning, sir. Thanks so much for doing it. We'd love to catch up again later on in the season. Absolutely. I look forward to it, and I'm pretty sure we'll be talking one more time, at least in December, maybe hopefully again in, in, uh, in playoff time. No doubt. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Batch, uh, former Steelers quarterback. What a great guy. He's really a uh, – you know, I was joking with Stan beforehand. Um, the story of our relationship with Charlie Batch is uh, he shares representation with our friend Tori Smith, and – in 2012, after Charlie Batch had come into Baltimore, of course, the Ravens were then in the Super Bowl in New Orleans, and I got a message from, um, you know, Ch- Charlie's folks, and they said, we'd like to have Charlie come by your set at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was like, I remember being in a room with Forrester, like, are we really going to do this? <laughs> it's like, he just, he just beat the Ravens, like. And it was one of the most disappointing losses in recent Ravens yeah, that, memory. That was a it was crushing. It was, oh, it was awful. But, you know, it's Charlie Batch. He was well-known at the time. And we said, yeah, of course, we'll have him come by. And he was such a good guy. And, you know, it's so community-driven and focused that we, of course, said, you know, we, we appreciated it. And we have... Over the years, stayed in touch, and he's always come on with us ahead of Ravens. What, what a great story, too, with the connection with I, Todd. I, I didn't even. I hadn't even done that math. Yeah. It makes sense. That's uh, that's tremendous. Stan the Griffin, bench. a good producer, would have yeah really been prepared for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. got I can't a lot. Believe of, he right. missed that. He yeah. booked a good show today, so I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get too mad at Griffin. You Can know. I tell you something? I've been through it all with you, with your producers, and mm-hmm. and a show like this doesn't get done without good producer no not at all you know not at and all. this guy is he's really stepping up 
I agree with yeah. that. I agree. In fact, <laughs> I I've changed my mind, and we're not going to fire him at the end of the day. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank goodness. I think so. that's great. We might we might have to have him take a pay cut, but you know, well, we're, that, elect him. we're all taking cuts. You know, uh, Griffin. Today is the final day for a contest that we have been running for the last couple of weeks. This is the last chance for folks to get involved. You want to tell everybody about it? Yeah. Um, hopefully you're not like my friend who had to start the commander's defense and Terry McLaurin yesterday I actually, and was going up against DJ Moore. I, I, mean, I left DJ Moore on the bench in one league. Glenn. All right, so Glenn, I, I well, actually, I don't know if you're allowed to apply for this, but if you're <sighs> like Glenn and you decided to bench DJ Moore, uh, today is your last day. To get some help, Pressbox and Live Casino and Hotel have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Pressbox's very own fantasy football expert, Joe Serpico, with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on sits and starts, trades, and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social with a reserve table and $200 worth of food and beverage credit. To enter, you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Again, today is the last day, so get in now. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Must be 21 or older to enter. Complete rules are available at PressBoxOnline.com slash contests. I'm playing Eric Arditi in this is Ryan Ripkin's league, and there it is on my bench. 49 points from DJ Moore. My goodness. 49 I mean, points. I am starting Justin Jefferson. Okay, yeah. Jalen Waddle. That's yeah. the one that – and Puka This Nik- is like a three-person league. No, settle down over there. My running backs are Jameer Gibbs and Kyron Williams. Like, there's always a trade-off whenever yeah. you're loaded at one position. I loaded up at wide receiver, and then I was left with what I was left with at running back because of it. This was sort of my zero running back league. The, so. the person with DJ Moore in my league has – I don't even know how we let this happen, but he has Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and yeah, DJ I mean, Moore. But again, what are, what are his running backs? Um, I don't think it's going to matter. Well, that's fair. In the league where I did start DJ Moore, I do feel very good about it. But yeah. DJ Moore's with Carolina, right? No, he's in Chicago. He got. He oh, was that's in the right. Price he's the one in Chicago. And he I, got forty nine. I'm assuming that means you didn't watch the game last night. No, it was. Oh, not. he got forty nine points last night. Oh, oh. Josh, Josh played Justin, well. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Eight catches, two hundred thirty yards, three touchdowns in a forty to twenty Bears win. Their first win of the season. It is kind of comforting. Like I, I don't want to dance on the graves of Commanders fans, but there's something nice about remembering that the more things change, the hey, more. Hey, you were right it. about the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was all along. I called it on the Bears. Told you guys they were gonna. <laughs> were be they good. favored last night? The Commanders were definitely yeah, favored they were last night. Six point favorites. Yeah. Yeah. You got rather large. It, it was like twenty-four to three at the half, and there was a moment in the second half where they got kind of close again. They got back within 10, 30 to twenty, 30 to 20 yeah. at one point in the second half, but. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, uh, wait a minute. The Bears were zero and four going into that game. Yes. Okay. And, and they were favored. No, the by Commanders sh- were favored. The, the Commanders, Commanders were favored. That's what I'm. Yes. Okay. Yes. The Commanders okay. were favored. The Bears had been not only a mess. They had been, you know, it's all the off-field stuff. It's the coordinator being dismissed and all yep. these bizarre stories that were floating around for a couple of days. <clears throat> it's all of it. It's Justin Fields sort of undressing the coaching and then. Feeling the need to go back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I wasn't talking about the coaching. <laughs> I meant 
the circumstances <laughs> when he was clearly talking also about the, the, bus, the coach buses that we were yeah. riding in on. <laughs> right. That's what, That's what I meant. About. Yeah, I didn't want to ride coach anymore. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. By the way, did you guys see that uh, Billy Epler has stepped down as general manager of the Mets? I did see that. Under, it, under some, you know, there's an investigation into something about how they did s- – I forget what it was. I read it late last night. You brought up with Tim Kirchin, Buck Showalter. Yeah. There was, uh, I, I saw a rumor floating around about the Angels with Buck Showalter. He has said that he would be interested in the Angels. Well, that job. part makes sense, him yeah. being interested. I think the question becomes, does another team... I, I, look, you know how I feel about Buck. I know how you feel about Buck. Yeah. I just... I think if you're interested in Buck, it would be a team like the Toronto Blue Jays, an underperforming team that you really expect more of, you know. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I, we just don't Maybe know. Maybe a team like the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Brewers okay. are almost certain to lose their manager to one of these openings. I don't. Most people think he'll end up with the Mets, Craig Council. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what to make of what the Angels are going to do this offseason. Like, I I still think it's most likely that Otani ends up there, but it's so many people are convinced he's going to be a Met. Like I am. Oh, I think Otani's going to end up in a Dodgers. You think it's the Dodgers? Dodgers or Giants? I think the Giants may really blow him away. So then, what are the Angels moving forward? They're awful. I mean, I mean, you're talking but, about a team that gave up a couple of their best prospects. I know. Oh, on it's, like it's July it's 31st, and by September 1st, they were just letting they just these guys let, go. Let those guys go. Correct. It's a very disf- – dysfunction is the only word to describe the Angels. So do they do they strip it? Do they try to trade Trout? Do they – I If I were them, I would be doing that, yeah. Just stri- um, strip it down to the studs, go the – but it's not – Artie Moreno probably can't really afford that kind of hit right now because they're going to lose Otani, in my estimation. I can't see any reason that he would want to come there and uh, come back there. And play, and you add into the problem being that the tanking. You can still tank in baseball if you yeah. want, but it's not quite the same yeah. as when the last few teams did it because you can't get as many number one picks as you could in the right. past. So right. it, but you almost can say you're going to do it, but you almost have to say like it's for a year, and then we'll start spending money again. Like right. we want to be really bad for one year, try to get a number one pick, and then almost immediately we have to try to start spending money again to try to go compete. I mean, they've got. They've got two, historically, two of the worst contracts of all time that I can remember. Josh Hamilton and Anthony Rendon yep. are two. And it's not as if Artie Moreno doesn't try. Obviously, Chris Davis would be pretty high on the list of the worst contracts of all time. But, yep. yes, those would yep. certainly be in the conversation as well. All right, uh, we are winding down hour number one of today's program. Still a lot to do, still a lot of Raven Steelers. Evan Washburn's going to join us before he works the broadcast for CBS. Bo Smolka will check in with us. And we're going to preview the Rangers with Mark McLemore. That is all on the way. Stan the Fan is here. He has a column up this morning about Kyle Bradish and becoming the ace. You can go read that right now at PressBoxOnline.com. You can check that out there. Uh, quick note, the bat around tomorrow morning is going to shift to 9 to 11 a.m. instead of 10 to noon with uh, the guys going to the game and wanting to make sure they get there and there being big crowds expected. We understood that. So you expect gonna... a big crowd will be there Yeah, I think tomorrow. there might be a big crowd. 
By the way, who were we talking about that we were trying to do the math on if the Orioles were to be in the World Series? Right. How many people would converge on downtown even that don't have tickets, right? Like if the Orioles. Oh, you mean if they get to the World Series? If the series, Orioles were to get to the World would Series. Would there be a central place that they'd set up a big. I, would it be marketplace? Or that's a great question, yeah. man. I don't, I don't know what the answer to that part yeah. of it is. But I would think that like there would be. Because whoever it was that we were talking about, it was said, could we talking be talking about between the folks in the stadium, right, and just the folks just that want to go down and be a part of it? Could we talking about a hundred thousand people yeah. that could be descending upon downtown if the Orioles are hosting the World Series? Show the game at at M&T Bank Stadium, just on the jumbotron. I mean, I, I don't think they would do that, yeah. but it's probably the. It would probably be the best idea. How about a Lamarometer about where in Baltimore? Oh, somebody told me we didn't update the Lamarometer yeah, this either. week. We didn't do that. You want to you want to update this week's Lamarometer? <laughs> about this what? is the percentage chance that Lamar uh, the Ravens win a Super Bowl during the life of Lamar's contract. Oh, now it's so we're redoing. We redid the Lamarometer, and after they lost to the Colts, it bounced down to twenty percent. So you want to set say, the number? I would say it would be about. 65 percent yes all right really yeah that we win a super bowl that during you, Lamar. you under, i mean like winning a super bowl is hard man. yeah yeah i tell you what i'll let you have it yes. for this week only i'm gonna readjust it to my number next you, week you've got man. it down that i'm trying point. to be reasonable about it okay. like i i need this is also the week i, by week I don't i think unreasonable would be like 90 percent i think lamar jackson when he's playing well and I, healthy. I agree, but those are all fat. And then everybody else has got to be healthy. And yep. there's still other teams that are trying, yep. like all of those yep. things. Doesn't mean I think uh, John Harbaugh will be the coach the entire time, does it? Really? Doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Does not mean okay. that. Stan wants it at 65%. For Stan this week, for Stan because we screwed up earlier in the week. What does Superbook say, more importantly? For this year? All right, we'll do this, and then we got to grab a break. Yeah. So, again, use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up, Superbook.com, or download the Superbook app. And the Ravens are at 14-1. to 1. They're the seventh favorite right now. Okay. 49ers, 4 and a half this to is, 1. My thing is the life of, For, of his contract. Next five years. Five years. The next five yeah. years. 49ers, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Cowboys, Dolphins, then Ravens at 14 to 1, just ahead of the Lions are next. And there's a significant drop off from those eight to the ninth team. It goes from the Lions at 16 to 1 to the Bengals at 30 to 1. So they've kind of separated eight teams. And then they've said everybody else after that. Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. Use those codes, Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23, and you will get a same day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. We will preview Raven Steelers next with Evan Washburn from CBS. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita. 
and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Back in here on GCR, Stan the Fan Charles here in studio with us for a Friday edition of the program. Uh, don't forget, I mentioned they're mixing it up on the bat around tomorrow morning, and they're going to be doing it from 9 to 11 a.m. We're also mixing things up on Sunday for Project Game Day. So usually we're on right after the Ravens game. But with the Orioles game starting right after the Ravens game, we have decided instead to make it more of an extravaganza and after the Orioles game is over, we're going to do a full Orioles-Ravens Project Game Day post-game party afterwards. Hopefully a party. Hopefully it's not a you know uh, more depressing version of the show. Uh, myself and Rita, 
Uh, Femi Ayan Badejo is going to check in with us. Stan has told me he's going to look to check in after he leaves the ballpark on Sunday. But after the Orioles game, don't try to jump on when the Ravens game ends because we're not going to be there. We want to watch the baseball game. After the Orioles game is over, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day for our Project Game Day Ravens-Orioles combined post-game special on Sunday night. Look forward to hanging out with you. It's all brought to you by Superbook as well as AJ Michaels and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. By the way, just a reminder for fans out there, don't forget to tape the University of Maryland-Ohio yeah, State a, game. That's, that's a, a 12 o'clock Yeah, start? it's a 12 o'clock start. It's kind of a bummer that it works out that yeah. way, that, that it's going on at the same time, particularly if like Maryland's competitive with Ohio State early. I think they're going to be competitive in this game. They are three touchdown dogs on the road. 19 so and a half or 20, 20? It was 20, 20, 20 when we looked at it. Okay. I don't know where it is today. It's been moving between 18 and 20. And okay, yeah. okay. But um, yeah, that would be uh, that would be that would be a really difficult situation to be in if Maryland's competitive with Ohio State as the Orioles game starts. But yes, unfortunately, going on at the same time tomorrow. On Sunday at one o'clock, of course, it's Ravens Steelers on CBS. And after he was here in Baltimore last week, no, sorry, I did that math wrong. He was in Cleveland with the Ravens last week. He is. Got the Ravens again this week as uh, they take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. He is our friend, Mr. Evan Washburn, Baltimore Zone, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Evan, it's Glenn. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me. Always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Love it. Big weekend in Baltimore. You guys sound busy. Stan, how you doing? want to just start talking lax like we did back in the day for about 20 minutes, I'm down for that as well, even though it's football season. All right. Gotcha. Uh, of course, uh, we never needed Star it. from Delaware. Correct. That's yeah. absolutely right. Evan's a hell of a player. Uh, Evan, I, I am cautiously optimistic, right? Like, I don't want to read too much into the first four games of the season. The Colts thing was disappointing. And obviously the Browns were without their quarterback and Joe Burrow didn't look right in the Bengals game. But it feels like, presuming the Ravens are going to get as many players back, maybe even starting this week, as we think they're going to get back, what we have seen, despite the litany of injuries they've dealt with, has been wildly encouraging about the direction of this offense, about how they've held up defensively despite being depleted. I'm, I'm not trying to project today that they should be the favorites to win the AFC, but I don't think there's any reason to not be very encouraged about how this team has gone about their business for the first month of the season. Couldn't agree more. I, I think what, what struck me the most is just the, the will of this group, and I'm not a big buying into culture and buzzwords. I think those things are real, but sometimes I feel like they're, they're overused and it's a crutch for either for those of us talking about it or coaches or players just trying to – um, kind of deviate from what's really happening. But this group it has some clear mental toughness that I think outweighs at times what they are uh, physically and, and competitively. I mean, I think most teams with the stretch that they've had through the first four games with what they've had to deal with on an injury front would have crumbled in a lot of ways. And that's why I think you see a lot of one in three teams heading into week five. And Baltimore could have easily been one of those teams, and they're not. And, yeah, some things have lined up for them as recent as last week with Deshaun Watson being out. But look, Deshaun Watson hadn't been really through three games a uh, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, he wouldn't have been, I don't think, what Dorian Thompson-Robinson was. But I, just, I, I, I couldn't be more impressed with 
the way these players and the guys that have stepped in and actually performed well. I mean, we've seen it with this team, sadly due to injuries, where sometimes the guys that step in just can't perform, and that's what's led to some demise down the stretch for this group. This team seems different in a lot of ways. They've been successful offensively, the Ravens, but do you think they are li- – I mean, in other words, do you think they will be a much better offensive football team five, six weeks down the road after hopefully these these guys play together for that chunk of time? No doubt, Stan. I don't think this offense is anywhere close to what they hope it can be and it has the potential to be. And I don't think it's just getting guys back. It's getting guys back and stringing together practices, yep. competitive experience on a Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whenever they're playing. That stuff matters. You can't replicate it in training camp. You can't do it in the film room as much as you're told. Well, these guys are experienced. They can hop right in. Not the case. And I think that's what has struck me along with the depth, but the way that Lamar and Todd Munkin have patchworked this thing to be efficient, it hasn't been explosive. I know mm-hmm. the numbers aren't jaw-dropping by any means, but the efficiency and outside of the fumble problems specific to the Colts game, they haven't beat themselves in a lot of ways. So I think this offense has the potential, not just because you're getting guys back, but with the time spent with one another over the next few weeks, especially go on the road to London, you spend four days away from everything, all those distractions, those guys are healthy. I think this offense looks markedly different in three to four weeks. Evan, before we go to the, the Steelers side of things, I, I, I feel like the one thing that we've learned about Eric DaCosta is he has no problem making a bold in-season move in order to bolster his team. And look, the Roquan Smith edition looks like mm. it might go down as one of the great you know moves in Ravens history. He has been absolutely brilliant, breathtaking since he arrived in Baltimore. If there was an area that still concerned you, right, if you said, hey, they could do one thing even beyond whoever they're going to get back, I, I, hopefully Marlon Humphrey's on the field this week. If not, it seems like that's going to be soon. I would think the secondary would be high on the list. The edge rush thing, you know, Jadavion Clowney, the bar was low, to be fair, and he has definitely surpassed that. I don't want to portray that he's an all-pro, but he has helped, uh, I think, beyond what a lot of people were reasonably expecting. But I would still think that would be an area. I still think there would be people that would say, hey, if you can dip your toe in the Jonathan Taylor water, maybe you do that. What what would be the area that you would look at and say, if Eric DaCosta is going to be aggressive again, this might be the area that might make sense as the season goes along? I don't know what the options are in terms of trade market or free agency, whatever it might be. But if you're asking me, the better way for me or easier way for me to look at it would be what's an area that you would like to see better if you're Baltimore or uh, have more depth uh, because it's been kind of hit hard would be edge rusher for me. I I think uh, Clowney's been great. Um, Can he string it together at this point in his career over the course of what's going to be a long season that they hope goes into the Part of January, that's a tall order. And Tyus Bowser, what is he when he comes back? What's the deal with Owe? How long are we looking here? He's still a young player. The Ajabo thing, obviously concerning. He's on IR. And as I sit here now, I don't know if it's been uh, reported any different. I'm not sure what if, if it is end of year or end of season or not, but it's going to be a while, clearly. Um, that, that would be, I guess, my, my top. If there was a way for the front office to – maneuver to bring in somebody and it's some it's a position where your understanding of the system i mean we saw kyle van noy on the edge um last week make an impact right away and i I don't think you need to have a ton of time 
in the playbook to, to make a difference. So that, that would probably be my area um, if that was possible. Uh, Evan Washburn is with us. And by the way, I think to the point uh, John Harbaugh said, like, Ajabo has a decision to make. So you, that what you allude to, is it going to be end of season? It, it feels like we might be getting that word here mm. in the next couple of weeks about perhaps a, a surgery that he might have to have and when he chooses to do that. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's flip to the other side of this, right? Because this is Raven-Steelers week, but it doesn't feel like Raven-Steelers week, Evan. <laughs> and on a couple of levels, one in Baltimore – we're obviously very distracted by what's going on with the Orioles. Well, everybody besides – did you ever get to a game, by the way? Did you ever – Oh, man, did I ever. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was a Blue Jays game Thursday night. Uh, I guess it would have been in August at some point. And uh, we had a blast. I couldn't have been more um, just impressed by the vibe, the scene. Um, it's just – it's been a while for me, and um, I'm so pumped for everybody this weekend. So, you know, on this side, we're a little bit distracted by that. But on the other side, it, it just – something seems really wrong with the Steelers and whenever that's the case everybody in Baltimore says yeah but it doesn't matter this is still Raven Steelers but I I don't I don't know what to make of it like their offense the line is even higher than it usually right. is in this game like I it, it the offense is awful on on that side I, I can it be fixed quickly or are the problems that they're dealing with in Pittsburgh like legitimately problems that could end up being I mean, I guess they'll get Deontay Johnson back at some point, and that'll help. But I, I don't know. It seems like it's even bigger than that. Last week was, was stunning to see. Just, I mean, rare. I, I can't even think of one, um, a Steelers team led by Mike Tomlin, to, to have what happened happen on the road against Houston team. Now, look, I think we're all probably underestimating, and uh, it looks to be pretty formidable and, and a team that's going to be pretty good in a few years. But, look, to, to lose 30-6 to six on the road, and Tomlin was open, as he often is after that game and in the days following that his team was out physical and threw the pads on, all that stuff. Um, I, I do think you're going to see, for Ravens fans, for us watching, we're going to see a much different Steelers effort and uh, intensity. And while that might not lead to a more explosive and productive offense, I do think it could make for what this rivalry, what this game often feels and looks like, it's going to be rough street fight ugly at times and probably close into the fourth quarter i just it it, it always ends up that way and i don't have the answer to what's going on with their offense there was so much hope and i think that's part of the frustration for that fan base and that media core that's covering that team they were the darlings of the preseason and it's a friendly reminder that while training camp is valuable preseason games are necessary you should not make any strong opinions about a team, a unit, a player because of the preseason. Because I think if no one talks about the Steelers, yeah, they'd be like, man, this offense needs some help. But I don't think there would be the vitriol that there is about Canada and that offense. Not Canada, their offensive coordinator. Hey, Evan, I alluded to the fact that the spread is in this game is a little higher than usually uh, is play in place in a Steelers-Ravens matchup. It just dawned on me. Since the advent of legalization of sports betting, does that impact – are you under any either constraints <laughs> or pressures to talk about points at anything or avoid that you it. do? Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I, I am um, – and maybe it'll change if the, my role changes or but down the road. I, I don't even really understand it. I know what spreads are. I know yeah. over-unders. Outside of that, you guys could be talking Mandarin um, in a lot of ways. And uh, 
I know that we have platforms at CBS that that are um, very much in it, like CBS Sports HQ and Sportsline, those things. But when it comes to us, I mean, it's about as old school as it gets when yep. how we cover games and the prep that we do ahead of them. Yeah, Evan. my result, my results when I bet are in Mandarin. <laughs> you know, I think I know all about how what should happen, but it always comes out like Mandarin. Uh, let me run this by you before we wrap, Evan. the The story that's I think being completely missed this week is there's something that's missing from Lamar Jackson's resume. He's never had a good performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he's only ever won one game as a starter against the Steelers. And it was a game in which he threw three picks in Pittsburgh in 2019 and had to be bailed out by the defense in overtime. Um, how important is it for – I get it that this doesn't feel like Raven Steelers, but it almost feels like that presents the opportunity. How important is it for Lamar Jackson to, like, finally have a presence in the history of the Raven Steelers rivalry? Mind meld with you, man. I was just thinking about this this morning, kind of prepping on, all right, we're going to sit with Lamar tomorrow afternoon when they get to Pittsburgh. What are some things – because we just talked to him last week. So often when you find yourself in this scenario where you have teams back-to-back weeks, you're really kind of scratching for things <laughs> to, to add to your, your saddlebags going into a game on players and, and groups. And, yeah, it's three games that he started and just hasn't been good. And, look, I know how Lamar is going to frame it. It's, I'm not worried about Steelers. This could be anybody. Uh, it's just about getting the win, and I think there's truth to that. But – He's also um, very much aware of, of the history, and he's a part of the rich history of this team now as an MVP and a guy who's led him to the playoffs, and maybe he's going to do more than that. But part of your resume as a, as a Raven and as a Steeler is how you perform and how you, you, you play in this game and the moments that you're a part of, whether it's Flacco to Torrey Smith in the back of the end zone or Palomalu jumping over the line on – on Joe and that AFC championship game. I mean, that stuff is real. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's something to that and this might be his best opportunity to at least, uh, turn that narrative because as you mentioned, the Steelers come into this game a bit wounded. Evan, uh, it, it, it was almost as quick as Aaron Rodgers was out that we lost JK Dobbins in game one. Uh, a lot of us were wringing our hands. What are we going to do now? How do you see the Ravens running game with uh, both Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon chipping in with uh, Gus Edwards? How do you think it fits right now? I think they're getting what they need out of it, Stan. And we saw that in Cleveland in the big moments, whether it was kind of attacking that attacking style of the Browns with, with the run game. And as has been said by you all and everybody you can't mention the run game, but not also mentioning Lamar Jackson, even though mm-hmm. they seem to be a bit more prudent about when and how they use him. But it's it's real. He's still their most elusive and effective runner. So that's going to be a part of this offense throughout the season. Uh, I'm you know heartbroken for J.K. I yeah. mean, it just it's such a bummer. But man, it it just continues to feed the argument for organizations, which was such a hot topic in the summer about the devaluation of the running back position, the Ravens are still effectively running the ball without J.K. Dobbins. And whether I don't know, you know what the larger reason for that is, but I, I think Justice Hill's been great. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy for his sake. And Gus gives you what he, you need. And whether in Kenyon Drake, I know he had the fumbles, he'll be back in the mix at some point. Yep. Gordon and, and then Lamar. It's, it's, it's an odd situation, but a productive one for Baltimore. 
Uh, as you know, Evan, and it's not just because you've always been a friend to me. This is uh, you guys are my favorite crew in uh, all of football. Oh, nice. I and uh, you know who I've been close with for years, and Charles, who's the bad. It's just I love the fact that we get two straight weeks of you guys. That's uh, that works out really well for us here in Baltimore. It is a great crew. Uh, it really is. Look appreciate forward it. to appreciate it. it. Always appreciate you, brother. Let's talk again real soon. All right. Thanks for taking the time for us. Sounds good. Enjoy the uh, weekend, Stan. Great to catch up. All right. Evan Washburn, of course, will be on the sideline Sunday, and it is. It's an excellent. You got to duck out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll be ready. You guys know I love that crew of um, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis and, of course, Evan working with them. and Got him last week, get him again this week. I don't know who does the NFL Network next week for the London game. Is that the Rich Eisen... Steve uh, Mariucci, it's, like, don't they, like, it's send... It's Rich and Kurt Warner this week, I think. Who are doing the... This so I week guess it would make yeah. sense. Although, if they don't want to stay out there for the week, maybe they yeah. send a different crew out there next week. It's interesting. Because it's NFL Network again for next Sunday. It's not... No, last week was ESPN+. Plus. This week and next week are both NFL Network. And so, I don't know what the strategy will be. But they mm. normally... I feel like most of the NFL Network London games have been the... Rich Eisen crew have been although I you know as I say that I also think there were some years where they sent like a CBS crew and just had them do an NFL network broadcast for some reason I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know I'm the only I care way more about these things than a lot of people do like I get really uh, I mean it matters we get uh the top Fox crew for the Orioles Rangers series oh that's pretty cool yeah. um uh, John Smoltz and um and uh, and, yeah. and Joe Davis. Thank you, <laughs> Mike. Mike. Well, because I wanted to hey, say it's John Smoltz. That's all. It I wanted to say Joe Buck, right? Yeah. But like, it's definitely not Joe Buck anymore. <laughs> Joe Buck is now with ESPN, so it's not him. I'm like, it is <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Ah, thank you, yeah, Joe Davis, the top crew from Fox working the uh, ALDS between the Orioles and Rangers. All right, next Tyus Bowser Show. You will get the final segment of the Tyus Bowser Show to wrap up today's program. And if you missed any of it, you can find it in the uh, Greatest Hits, or you can listen tonight on uh, 105.7 The Fan. The next Tyus Bowser Show will be one week from Tuesday. So Tuesday, October 17th, we will be at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. So for those of you that are like, hey, when are you coming back to our part of Baltimore County? Mother's North Grill in Timonium. I'm expecting a very large crowd. It will be an off day in the ALCS. So there will not be a baseball game that night. Tuesday, October 17th, Mother's North Grill and Timonium, the next Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia, brought to you by Superbook Sports, as well as HelpMyGamblingProblem.org and AJ Michaels. We will see you at Mother's for the Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more. PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Let's talk a little bit more about where the Ravens find themselves going into Steelers matchup on Sunday. Joining us now, he is our PressBox Ravens beat writer, Mr. Bo Smolka, and he's back with us here on GCR. Bo, it's Glenn and Stan. It's always great to catch up, sir. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hi, Glenn. No problem. Um, Normally, when we talk uh, and we bring up who's going to play and who's not going to play this season, it's been you know, a very lengthy list, but it's starting to look like this might be the week when things begin to turn for the Baltimore Ravens, correct? Well, they look like they're going to get people back. I mean, 
Rashad Bateman practiced fully. Ronnie Stanley practiced fully so far this week and said there's a good likelihood he's going to play. So that's two right there. Marlon Humphrey is back to practicing. I don't think we'll see him this week after just two limited practices after more than a month off, but you never know. Um, But getting even just two of those guys back would be nice. And a couple other guys we're not sure about that have been limited this week. Odell Beckham's back on the field. I think he'll end up being questionable. I'm not sure, but it sure looks good for Bateman and Stanley. And having Stanley back in this game specifically would yeah. be a big help. Yeah, there's a happens to be a, a guy named T.J. Watt on the other side that you'd like to have Ronnie Stanley out there for that matchup. Um, you know, let's let's sort of flush this out a little bit if we could, uh, Bo. If Marlon Humphrey doesn't play this week, we know they were dealing with some other issues in the secondary. I I don't know how to say like the secondary somehow some way seems like it's held up. I, I, this to me is one of the more unbelievable stories of the season, and some of it might be some of the quarterbacks they've faced, but yeah. I, I don't know how the secondary, with all of that they've been through, has managed to get through these first four weeks of the year. Well, I mean, I think two guys you really got to credit are Brandon Stevens and Geno Stones, yeah. because both of those guys have come in and played really well. And Brandon Stevens specifically was a guy that, remember, they drafted him thinking he played cornerback in college, came here, and they expected he would be a safety. And if I remember, right, thinking back to OTAs, I feel like I saw him playing a lot at safety. Um, But, again, they need cornerback help. They know he can play, so they said, you know what, let's have you come out down and play corner. And he's played really well. I mean, of course, he had the interception the other day off the tip pass that set up the first touchdown. But he's just been really physical with guys. He was really physical against the Bengals and really frustrated those receivers. And they've probably gotten more from Brandon Stevens so far than they could have possibly hoped for. He's been great. And then John Harbaugh said on Monday, when Marlon Humphrey comes back, they they expect to just keep Stevens at corner. And then they can figure out how that might work. Maybe Humphrey goes in and plays more in the slot. And Ronald Darby, playing on the other side, has also been a guy who's played pretty well for a guy they just basically grabbed off the scrap heap in late August. And um, said, come on in, start playing with us, and – He's been good, too. So, yeah, the secondary for missing the guys they've missed, for the time they've missed them, it has held up well. And that's a credit to those players. Bo, the uh, tight end position. Last year, uh, Isaiah Likely uh, added a a lot to this. A lot of excitement. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz. Is he sort of not misplaced, but is he sort of – out of sync with what Todd Munkin's trying to do right now for him catching balls? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Because he has really been a non-factor. And I think a lot of us expected him to be in the mix completely. And actually, I thought last week when when they were missing Bateman and they were missing Beckham, and I thought, well, here's a guy who likely might be a guy that you could come on and basically play as almost like a slot receiver and, and contribute that way. But He's got three catches in four games, hasn't really made an impact. Um, and I don't know, on the, on the surface, you'd think it would be a function of just having all these other yeah. weapons now. Yeah. And, and that's just a fact. They didn't have them on, or they were missing a couple of them in Cleveland, and he still didn't really turn into a factor in that game. But um, I thought we would see more of him. I thought we would see more use of him. But it could just be a function of the numbers and and. And keep in mind, too, in a couple of these games, they've really been pounding the ball on the ground, too, more than people expected. But 
um, it is a little bit surprising that he hasn't had more of an impact. Bo Smolka with us here on GCR, talking about the Ravens ahead of Steelers Sunday. Bo, there's a, a bit of a roster um, decision that appears that needs to be made, and, and maybe a couple of them. So you referenced that Marlon Humphrey's looming. Keaton Mitchell was back on the practice field as well. I don't think there's going to be a rush with Keaton Mitchell, but that does still start the 21-day window. So at some point, a decision will have to be made. And then Melvin Gordon can't be elevated from the practice squad again. And as, as Gus Edwards and Justice Hill appear to be the top two backs, Melvin Gordon has been involved and got involved, obviously, last week as a pass catcher and made a huge play down the sideline on third down. Um is it a, a fait accompli that they're going to put Melvin Gorder, Gordon on the roster, or could they still be trying to like manipulate things a little bit there just because of the roster crunch that they're dealing with? Well, it's an interesting question because, <clears throat> to your point, you're allowed to elevate a, pra- a guy from the practice squad three times, and Gordon has had his three elevations. And if you want to do it again, he's got to go on the 53-man roster. The interesting thing is, and it's it's water under the bridge now, but in one of his three elevations, he actually didn't play. He didn't play a snap. So that was kind of a wasted elevation in a sense. Um, but that's, that's, that's already done. So for his, I honestly thought last week they might elevate Kenyon Drake instead just to keep open the option of another elevation for Mitchell. But they didn't. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I don't, I don't think they're going to elevate uh, or activate Keith Mitchell this week after being out and now just two practices. It would surprise me if Mitchell is activated right away, um, but maybe a week from now he would be. So, But if Keaton Mitchell or if uh, Melvin Gordon is going to play this week, he will have to be added to the 53-man roster. There's ways they can do that, and they could ask Josh Johnson to go away for 48 hours again like he did mm-hmm. once before, but um, they do have some roster gymnastics to fiddle with, and they're going to have to do it. I do think Keaton Mitchell will be on the active roster within a week or two wow. he has to be within three weeks but i think it'll be an, i'd be surprised if it's this week so um you're looking at basically <clears throat> if melvin gordon comes up to play this week then yeah someone's got to go away or or you could opt you could choose to elevate Kenyon drake this week because you do have an extra elevation still with him yeah I, and i you know again it would seem weird considering melvin gordon was pretty helpful but i i get it this might be a a, this is the numbers issue that we're dealing with we kind of don't have a choice but to play it out this way uh until anything else were to play out um i I just brought it up with evan washburn uh bo and you alluded to it this week at pressboxonline.com the subplot that's being almost discussed not at all and i'm still not fully sure that everybody's all that aware of it is that lamar jackson hasn't had a moment yet in this the history of Raven Steelers. Now he's only started three of these games for a litany of reasons between COVID and injuries. Terrell Suggs famously says, you're not a Raven until you've left your stamp on Raven Steelers, right? Like that's a a phrase that we hear all the time. And I'm telling you this week, we had both Justice Hill and Tyus Bowser out for an event. They both brought it up, right? And it's still a thought for all of them. Um, How important is it at this point for Lamar Jackson to just do something to make a statement and to have a moment in Raven Steelers history. Well, it is interesting, right? He has not played well against the Steelers for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> you referenced the missed games. He's <coughs> excuse me. Since he became the starter, there have been eight Raven Steelers games, and he's missed five of them. He missed one in the last one in 2018 because he was um, 
or to, uh, 19 because they rested all the starters on the way to the, you know, they're just resting them for the final game to set for the playoffs. Then he missed the COVID bowl game in the Wednesday afternoon in Pittsburgh. And then he's missed the last three with injuries. When he did play, you might recall here in Baltimore, he threw a pick six on, I think, his first pass uh, against the Steelers here in Baltimore. And then the game at Pittsburgh, the last game he played was the one at Pittsburgh where they scored late. It was the day Marlon Humphrey had gotten hurt. John Harbaugh said, we're out of defensive back, so we're going to try to win it right now. They cut the lead to one in the last minute of the game. They tried to win on a two-point conversion, and Jackson's pass fell incomplete to Mark Andrews, and they lost by one. Um, he has four touchdowns and six interceptions in his career against the Steelers, and his passer rating against them is 67.4, which is his lowest uh, against any team. So whatever the Steelers have done, it's worked against Lamar Jackson. He has not looked like the same Lamar Jackson other teams have seen. Whether that's pass rush, whether that's execution, I'd have to go back and look at the three games. But, yeah, he and he even said it this week. He said, I haven't played my best against the Steelers. Uh, and he is correct. So I think he's I, – I think he knows it, and I think he's motivated by it. But it's still going to have to happen. And, and what does that mean? It means, number one, he's got to take care of the ball. No interceptions, and he's got to cut down on the fumbles. The fumbles with Lamar Jackson are a problem. And he knows it. They know it. But I, I think it's eight fumbles now in four games, and maybe one was waved off by penalty, but too many fumbles. And he has just, like I said, he's not taking care of the ball against the Steelers. So that's, the, that's number one. If he does that and this, operate, this offense operates efficiently, then they're in good shape. But if they don't take care of the ball, then they're in trouble. Well, I want to hop over to the defensive side of things. Jadavian Clowney. He's, play, he's right now playing – is he playing some of the best football of his career? Well, I'd have to go back and look at his early career, but I say he's he's playing extremely well, and he's got to be everything the Ravens could have hoped for and more from him so far, um, especially with the injuries as they've taken their toll on that outside linebacker group. They're asking him to do a lot, and he's having a big impact. And I know he's mad because he thinks he should have four or five more sacks than he does. Yep because he's gotten close, and guys have wiggled out of sack after sack against him. But he's got a high motor, which they knew all along. Remember, he played for Anthony Weaver in Houston, and mm-hmm. Weaver was one of the guys that the Ravens defensive line coach was one of the guys real instrumental in getting him here. Um, but he's, he, he's happy here. I think he really feels at home here, and he is playing tremendously well here. And, so, and at the time, with the injuries they're dealing with there, that's been really important. Uh, Bo, I'll, I'll kind of put a wrap on this this way. After you know the way that we wrapped up last week, we didn't know that it was going to be uh, Doriel Thompson Robinson that was going to be playing, but we had talked about yeah. the value of what could have come if they win. This scenario where if the Ravens were to go into Pittsburgh and win on Sunday and begin division play with three road wins, I, 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 it's unparalleled, right? It doesn't suddenly mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I don't know that we can understate the value of what it would mean if they were to go win this game and be sitting in that position going into the second half of the season. Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, look, look we, we all thought when the schedule came out and they're sitting there at four, a, a span in a span of four weeks, they're playing three AFC North games all on the road, Cleveland-Pittsburgh back-to-back. That just looked like a bruising proposition. And now they're basically this game away from being 3-0 and in those games. And it, it's 
too early to say it's a stranglehold on the division, but it sure is a nice lead. It's, it's probably as good as you could hope for after five games of the season. And then they, the, the, they, they're completely – talk about controlling our own destiny. It's early in the season, but they would absolutely do that with three wins in the division all on the road. All those teams have to still come back to Baltimore, and they'd already have a lead in the division. So it would be, it's a massive opportunity for them to take a big step forward. At B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him, PressBoxOnline.com to see all of his stuff. And there's only a few days left for you to get this print issue of PressBox with his Lamar Jackson cover story. If you haven't picked it up yet, go get it today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Bo Smolka, always appreciate you, sir. Thanks for hopping on with us for a couple of minutes this morning. All right, take care. We'll talk to you next week. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka with us here on Sounds GCR. A under the you weather. did sound a little under the weather. Yeah. I agree with that. A uh, couple of things real quick, Stan. Uh, Chase Claypool has been traded. The uh, Bears have shipped him to the Dolphins. Uh, I think it's a late-round pick. Uh, it's tw- sixth round from Miami, and, it's and like then a seventh-rounder back. down the road or something, too? Uh, yeah, it's 2025. She, that's correct. Is she an ex-stealer? Yeah, he yeah, was the one that they traded a second-round pick yeah. for a year ago, and yeah. everybody thought it was a great move, but mm-hmm. then just early, hasn't worked out. Well, early this season, the thought was he wasn't even trying. Like that was His teammates called him out and said that he was not – his effort on the field was unacceptable, mm-hmm. and it got ugly. They just made him go away. They said, don't show up to work, and Miami's willing to take him on, and you know that gives them one more weapon, which is if if you know he shows flashes, if he can return to the promise that he had shown before, that's the last thing that the Dolphins need is another weapon. But That's the, that's the method we handle troubled people here at Press Box. We just tell them Ship to them go off away. to Miami? No, we just oh, tell them just, to just don't No, go you're not the, going to Miami. Yeah, right? Uh, no, you're say, not going to Miami. I was going to say, because I can start acting troubled. <laughs> I am more than willing to start giving less effort, if that's what it means, is you get shipped <laughs> off to Miami. I don't know how that works. But it's I, not like you'd get shipped off for a weekend. You know, you get you have to you. If we shipped you there, how long do I get to stay? About as long as your dad stayed in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh man, Dad, you just said you were going to the store. I feel like feel like it's. He tried to get rid of you all three years. He took you to those (laughs) bowl games. Kept coming. Where did he leave? Where did he leave in Tennessee? Uh, No, that was uh, the Tennessee game. Was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, Peach Bowl, of course, famously, or the Maryland Tennessee game. Ah, uh, yeah. Of course, with that being said, that we brought that up because you were hanging out with Steve Souter. Yes, we had Steve Souter on last night, Gary Stein and I. Yeah. Steve Souter, who famously was brilliant in the Maryland Gator Bowl. Win I didn't over remind the... him of that. I never stopped thinking about that He's a really good dude, very Steve, good. Very Steve good. Souter, and does a good job on the Maryland broadcasting team. And, uh, uh, you know, he's excited. I mean, he's, he's got some of that player vibe. No you know, he's getting excited. If, if you missed it last night, you can find it today, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, as Maryland gets ready to face Ohio State. Stan, Gary, and Steve Souter, go check it out right now. When we come back in, we will preview the Rangers. Former Oriole Mark McLemore does TV for them, and we will catch up with him next here on GCR. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when Stan praises Griffin. This is what happens. Yeah, cut. GCR. GCR. 
Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com 
Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan Charles in studio with us. We mentioned that uh, you caught up with Steve Suter last night. Are you back to Monday for Zoom this week? Yeah, we'll do something Monday. It'll probably be in the 4 o'clock, 4.30 time period. It'll be uh, Ross and I. And I think we're going to try and get a couple uh, ex-teammates of uh, Brooks's. Okay, you know, all right, to, for Monday. To... Uh, you know, look back. Okay. Things. Very good. Very good. So that'll be coming up uh, Monday, facebook.com slash pressbox sports. And anything else you have on the docket for next week? No, or, not or yet. We will not figure yet. that out when we figure that yeah. out, and we will make plans accordingly when we know. So that's the, the story for Stan the Fan Charles. Orioles, Rangers, it all gets underway. We're still waiting for them to officially announce that Kyle Bradish is the starter for game one, but for God's sakes, Kyle Bradish is the starter for game one tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and we also are officially waiting. Where it's not just the Orioles and the Rangers. Like Almost no one had announced who their pitchers were for the division series going into the weekend. I believe that only the Astros had announced. Yeah, the Astros had announced Verlander, and the Dodgers had announced Kershaw, and that's it. No one else had made it official who their starters were, and I don't, I don't know why that's the case. Interesting. Sunday, Minnesota has announced Valdez in Game Two. Yeah, you mean the Astros announced? I mean yeah, the Astros. Valdez I mean the to Astros. face Minnesota. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct yeah. for Game Two. Yeah, so they announced their Game One and Two starters. Nobody else announced anything yet this week. Let's preview the Rangers' side of Sunday, and it's an opportunity for us to catch up with a former Oriole man who spent three seasons here in Baltimore back in the '90s. Um, was one of my favorites as far as he was one of my favorites he was a lot of fun to watch play super utility man and second baseman extraordinaire now tv analyst for bally sports with the rangers he is mr mark mclemore and he's back with us now here on gcr mark it's glenn and stan the fan charles here in baltimore it's great to catch up with you thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us oh anytime glad to do it fellas uh, I, I know we're very excited up here. I, I, the excitement down there after what they did, during, I, I don't know if there was trepidation going into the playoffs about this team and some of the, the struggles they had had during the season, but how much has the vibe changed after they went into Tampa and just dominated the Rays for a couple of games? You know, I'll I tell you what, it was pretty difficult, excuse me, losing the division in, in the last on the last day of the season. I know that was a hard uh, thing for them to, to get over, but they did. They went into Tampa, who had the best home record in all of baseball, and they absolutely took care of business. And the one thing I can say about this team, they've been able to deal with adversity all season long. First one being Jacob DeGrom goes down in yeah. the first month of the season, missed the entire season. Corey Seager on the IL a couple of times in the season. Adolis Garcia, uh, Jake Odorizzi, who we never got to see pitch. Uh, Nathan Evaldi. So they've had their share, their fair share of injuries throughout the season, and they were able able to overcome each and every one of them to even make it to the postseason. Can I ask you a quick question, Mark? First of all, it's good to talk to you. Uh, long time no see. 
Uh, but I wanted to ask you a question about Nathan Ivaldi. What happened between the six starts he had when he came back off the IL? What happened between those six starts and a quick turnaround, and he pitched like the old Nathan Ivaldi in Tampa? Well, for me, I, I kind of look at it when he came off the IL. Those next five, six starts, those were his spring. Tra- that was his spring training to get him, to get his arm ready, to get his stamina ready, to get his location, uh, to get his execution down. So that's how I kind of looked at it. That's about what how long it takes for a pitcher mm-hmm. uh, to get ready in spring training and then be where he needs to be. And you know, for the first three, four months of the season, he was nails. Just oh, absolute he was nails. He was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom went down, Nathan Ivaldi stepped up, uh, pitched extremely well, and carried the starting rotation, he and Dane Dunning, throughout the season. So for me, those five, six starts after coming off the I.L., he was just building himself up, and fortunately, (laughs) in game two, he he showed up, and he showed up in a big way. Absolutely. Hey, are you looking at uh, tomorrow, are you looking at a pre-planned, three-inning outing by Dunning or Heaney to start and then just flipping it on Brandon Hyde by bringing in the other guy? Uh, you know, I really don't know what uh is going to do. Yeah, And he's got some options. Um, you know, he's got Martin Perez down there in the bullpen who's been a starter. Obviously, uh, Andrew Heaney, who's been a starter as well. So there are a lot of different ways that he can go. So I'm not really sure which way he's going to decide to go right now. Uh, but like I said, the one thing a manager wants is as many options as possible. Mark McLemore is with us here on GCR as we're getting ready for Rangers-Orioles game one tomorrow afternoon here in Baltimore. Mark, I, you, you reference all the things the Rangers have been through and maybe add Josh Young to that list, right? But uh-huh. given everything they have gotten back of late, is this team at the moment as dangerous as they've been at any point this season? You know what? They've actually been more dangerous okay uh, even though they played extremely well in tampa uh this offense the pitching staff uh they have been a little bit more dangerous but what i like about it is they turned things around from seattle played well in tampa and hopefully this is the start of a stretch where they're where they're going to get better and everything will continue to click for them what's the thing that impressed you the most about bruce bochy being around him oh there's not just one uh <laughs> This guy, I mean, I've been a fan of this guy my entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a San Diego boy, born and bred in San Diego, and watched Bochy as a Padre, so known known who he was for an awfully long time, and then getting the opportunity to play against him in some instances, but watch him in the National League for all those years. Uh, there's so much that impresses me about him. He's very intense. He doesn't. He may not look like it. Oh, but oh my God, he is intense. He's a competitor. He knows the game. He knows his players. He knows his personnel, and he knows how to get the best out of them each and each and every team that he that he runs. So uh, he's just an amazing manager. It still amazes me that the, that the Rangers were able to talk him out of retirement after already winning uh, two World Series and then being out of the game for three years. But that just lets you know how much he loves this game of baseball. Uh, Mark, I, I feel like on paper you look at the Rangers and you say, boy, they can hit, right? Like they, e- mm-hmm. everyone in this lineup can hit. Is there, on the flip side, are, are we being too dismissive of the pitching in Texas? I, I think the bullpen is a conversation that has come up quite a bit, and the back end of the bullpen in particular. Are we too dismissive of that 
on a national front, or is there still concern there about whether or not they ultimately have enough to make a deep run? Well, I think yes. I think the Rangers have been 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 dismissed by the national national media. First of all, no one ever no one ever uh, even predicted them to be in the playoffs this year, including myself. At the beginning of the year, I just thought it was a year where they would have to, you know learn how to play together and gel, and then maybe next year they'd get to the postseason, but they surpassed all of that. Uh, and you don't do it just with offense. You have to have pitching. So they have pitching. There's no question about it. They just have to go out and execute. Now, just like everybody else, everybody that's in the playoffs right now, they've got good pitching, obviously good enough pitching to knock out the rest of the teams uh, that are at home on, va- on vacation. Now, is it, you know, do, does anybody have that knockout staff? I don't think there's really any one team that has that. Every team in the playoffs yeah. right now, they've got some sort of injury with one of their, you know, main pitchers or starters or even relievers for that matter. In, in y'all's case, uh, Batista being out. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's part of it. Every team goes through it. It's the one that can overcome it. That's going to ultimately hold that uh, trophy at the end of the uh, postseason. Um, a couple of things that, you know, I, I referenced the bullpen, right? Like, how, how has that worked without necessarily having, you know, the, you referenced Felix Batista. We're kind of learning because on the side of things, we don't know what it's going to look like for the Orioles going into the playoffs. But mm-hmm. is it a full-on, by-committee kind of approach for the Rangers? Like, whoever is best suited for the matchups, that's who's going to go in? Uh, no. The closer is, is going to be Jose LeClerc. Okay. Uh, he's, been, he's been that guy that stepped up. He had Tommy John surgery a year ago or a little over a year ago. This is his second, second season back now, so he's, he's on. Over the last month, uh, probably two months, he started really getting locked in. Even though we've got Chapman and Will Smith that did yeah. uh, a lot of the closing, Will Smith earlier in the season until we got uh, Chapman, and they kind of flip-flopped back and forth. Uh, now Jose LeClerc has really emerged as that closer. Again, the guy, and he looks just like the guy that he was before his injury. So he's using his fastball very effectively and the slider and the changeup, and he's locating and executing pitches when he needs to. So I think right now he's, he's that closer. We saw Chappie come in in the eighth inning against uh, uh, Tampa and shut things down. And, you know, so I think that that's probably the back end that he's going to use. And, and Josh Forrest is a guy, too, that has uh, some great stuff that he can use in late inning situations. But I think before that, Bochy is really big on two things. One, matchups, and the other thing is, how is my guy feeling and looking to me right now? Not what's on paper. Bochy is a guy that he's going to look at a particular player and see what he sees and go from there, regardless of what the analytics say. And then you referenced all of the options that they have as far as pitchers are concerned. Max Scherzer is reportedly going to throw um, a live bullpen today. I are we at the point where, like, he could still be an option, like, during this season or this series? Uh, I'll tell you what. The competitor that Max Scherzer is and has been his entire career, I, I wouldn't put it past him. I will never count that guy out. Uh, he's one of the guys that uh, I- I've always admired and watched go out and just compete, whether he's got his A game or his C game. He's going to go out there and compete. So counting him out in the postseason – uh, I would n- I wouldn't do that, especially after the news came out that you know that he could pitch, and it wouldn't do any further damage to what's going on with his with his injury right now. So, uh, knowing that, uh, man, I-, I wouldn't put it past him to be ready. 
Man, that could uh, it could certainly be a, a change and could shape the uh, the picture of this series altogether. Um, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll phrase it this way, Mark. What has to go right, right? Like, what is the what is the roadmap for the Rangers to be able to win a game in Baltimore and win this series? What has to work for them? Pitching and defense. They have to pitch well. The playoffs, really, not even just the playoffs, but winning is about pitching. You have to be able to pitch. Good pitching stops great hitting every single day of the year. So if the Rangers starters can go deep, six, seven innings, and get to the back end of that bullpen and Leclerc does, does his job, I think the offense is going to can score enough runs. And they're an explosive offense. They led Major League Baseball in offense, so we, we've all seen the sticks. It's just about pitching right now. That's, that's what has to go well for the Rangers. And honestly, for any other team, uh, that's in postseason. You have to pitch well in order to win. Mark, um, you of all people remember Mike Mussina pitching at uh, Camden Yards, <laughs> and that's pretty much the last time the Orioles, uh, with all due respect to Chris Tillman, mm-hmm. it's really the last time the Orioles had a number, true number one guy. Uh, Kyle Bradish is, is evolving into that and really has been for a while. What do you see about Bradish? You know, I like his demeanor on the mound. And, and for me, a, a guy with a number one mentality, that's, that's huge. That, to me, that uh, trumps uh, stuff, what, what a guy has. It, but having that number one mentality where nothing phases you, uh, you have an air made behind you. It may score, it may cost you a run or even two, but you take it upon yourself and you shut it down. You have ice water running through your veins, and, and that's what I see from Bradish. I, I would imagine you of all people know, like, you know, a lot of people made jokes about the atmosphere in Tampa for that series, but you know what it's like when there are, you know, the, the time that you played here, every night was sold out in Baltimore, Ooh. and the expectation is that it's going to be just that same raucous atmosphere here in Baltimore. Uh, I, I think it probably is going to be a little bit different than what the Rangers felt in the first series of the playoffs, correct? It will definitely be different. There's no question about it. It's, it, it to me, it's probably going to go from a spring training game <laughs> to a full-blown playoff game. Uh, the fans in Baltimore are absolutely terrific. Uh, always have been. I love the fact that and to this day, it still amazes me that people would stand up over the bullpen to watch a game. You know, that, 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 that was incredible back then to see a full house every single day. And now this is postseason. It's going to be off the chain. I know it is. So, uh, it's got to be fun for the players. Uh, for the Rangers, they're going to have to they're going to have to block it out. There's no question about it. They're going to have to block it out, and you you become accustomed to that. You're able to do that if you're a professional baseball player. Uh, but again, this is playoff time, so it's going to be tough. But I know the fans are going to definitely enjoy it, and they're going to be that extra fan that uh, the Orioles need and want. Hey, Mark. Um... I'm going to ask you a question about somebody that I have a feeling was pretty special to you, and it's a guy who managed both of these teams, uh, the late Johnny Oates. I haven't talked about him or asked anybody about him. Uh, what did he mean to your career, and what was so special about Johnny? Wow. Uh, Johnny, uh, first of all, was a great person, uh, a kind man, and you just don't really find that um, – too often anymore. Um, one, uh, 
word kind. Mm-hmm. You don't hear thrown around anymore. You always hear, oh, nice guy. Johnny was a kind person who cared about everybody. Uh, and for what he did for me uh, at that point in my career, I played for Johnny for eight years, yep. three in Baltimore, and I followed him to Texas yep. uh, for another five years. Uh, he gave me that second opportunity to, to be a starter again, a starting player again in Baltimore. Uh, I had kind of, you know, had some ups and downs in my early career with the Angels and Indians and Astros. And uh, Johnny was that guy said, I know you can play. Go out here and do it. And so he gave me that opportunity once again in Baltimore. And then uh, when he moved to, went to Texas, I was his first call. Yep. And all he, all I had to do was know who was on the other end. And it was Johnny. Yes, I'm going. I'll be there. Uh, but just a great person, a great manager. And he was that uh, that force for me, that calm, steady force for me that, you know, gave me that second opportunity to be, to be a starter again. Uh, if I could piggyback off of that, um, Brooks was still working as a broadcaster yeah. when you were playing in Baltimore. Did you have a, a meaningful moment or spend any time with Brooks that, that stood out to you? Well, for me, just meeting Brooks Robinson, knowing who, you know, who he who he was and the player that he was in Baltimore for decades, uh, that was just uh, mind-blowing to me to be able to see him, you know, on occasion when he ever came to the ballpark and just to talk to him and spend time with him and watch how he was, uh, you know, with other players and, and you know, former players and, and former teammates of his. Uh, that was always fun to watch and exciting. So uh, I tried to soak up every minute of it I could whenever we spent time together. He is Mark McLemore, of course. Uh, Rangers, number Orioles, two. game one. That's right, number two. Number, he's the, I think we would all agree the greatest infielder to ever wear the number two. No right? question In about it. In the history it. of baseball. Yeah, I think no we can all, all agree about that. Uh, J.J. Hardy. Yeah, you know what? J.J. Hardy yeah, yeah. was pretty good, too. Yeah, J.J. So Hardy was pretty go good. Back Lamore, but there's nobody Hardy, else. 1A, 1B, that would be the list, yeah. and then and nobody else. Yeah. That would be the entirety of it. Bob Bonner, okay. I think, yeah, wore yeah, number yeah. two. Keep doing this, Mark. Uh, thank Mark, you so great much. talking to you. Mark. Really appreciate you taking the time for All us. Right, Enjoy fellas, the series. It. Anytime. All right, Mark McLemore, uh, former Oriole, and of course now Rangers TV analyst. Appreciate him checking in. You want to go on the record? You know, we do our picks right for football. Do you want to go on the record with an official prediction for the series? Uh, this is a tough, tough series. Um, I'm, I'm nervous about it. But I'm going to say the Orioles will win this in five games. Okay. I'm going to say the Orioles are going to win this in five it, games. It's funny because I think a lot of it, you default in series to like when there's a better team. Well, you know, you win it in four. It's going to be really hard, I think, for either team to win on the road in this series. Yep. Like, I think it's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Um, our pitching depth will come into play, and I think our pitching depth trumps their – they're pitching. Do, depth. Do, do you change your mind that, about that at all if Scherzer ends up pitching? I don't expect him to pitch in this series. I think they're getting him ready. In case. I don't see any way he could pitch in this series. So he's. It's so a, I don't think he he's a factor for okay. this series. He's throwing a live batting practice yeah. today. Um, and frankly, the Max Scherzer today is. is no, it's is definitely not. not it's right. not. It's not vintage Max Scherzer. You got the heart of a a lion and a champion. But uh, he's thrown a lot. Of, you know, Buck would say, "What he's thrown a lot of bullets." Yeah, yeah. Or he's used he's up fired, a lot of yeah, bullets. Correct. Yeah, I don't know if my stomach can handle a five-game series. Like my, 
It, I was talking I talked about to this. some of these people in town, and they're so amped up about. Yeah. Oh, we're going to sweep them. You know, I mean, it's just a really. No, there's no question. That's yeah, a really good team. Really good team. I, I'm saying more like I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a a Nationals fan. Yeah. And who had invited me out to Vegas a couple weekends from now, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm not going to go. I'm kind of too excited about this right now. I'm yep. going to pass on that." And and after I told him, he said, "I get it." I just hope that you're prepared for how miserable the next few weeks are going to be. Yeah, it's going to be and intense. I, and I like the way that he played. They said it. I immediately knew what he was saying because I think a lot of people would be like, "Miserable. This is everything that we've waited for." Yeah. But what it really is is the pit of your stomach feeling of every pitch in every game. There is no respite. There is no hey, this one doesn't matter, or we can ease up a little bit, or no big deal if they lose, or anything along those lines. You're yeah. going to spend however long the Orioles are in this thing yeah. just feeling... Abs- it's a roller coaster and ride. Every, yeah. Unlike football, where you know it's you get during a week the week, off, you, right. it is every freaking night, for the most part, that you yeah. are dealing with this. Yeah. It is going to be... Oh, Hell, yeah. I mean, just I'll, I'll feel a lot more confident if we get by the Rangers. I'll feel a lot more confident about this team moving forward. You know, again, the one thing, and and, and it's a double-edged sword with players like Rutschman and Henderson. I think they're getting better. They're maturing, but are they are they hungry enough that that overcomes? The fact that they're so young and hungry, I, I don't mean that they want it, but are they ready for this moment? A lot of times, young teams, the first time they're there, there's disappointment, and but that, that brands them with resolve the following year or two or three If years. we're being fair down the stretch, they were going opposite ways, right? Like Adley was playing probably his best yep. baseball of the season down the stretch, whereas Gunner was probably yep. – not his worst, because April yeah. was the worst, but like he was definitely not at the same level down the stretch, and he was one of the guys that looked like maybe was hitting a little bit of a wall yeah. late in the year. So did this week off allow those guys sort of the relaxation and to get refocused? You hope. You hope that's yeah. what came from this week, is that the guys that were really um, – Ryan O'Hearn was struggling miserably down the stretch. Yeah. And had been he such... had that seven hits in a row in Houston, yep. and then was After just that, awful. It's, awful. The entire offense post-Houston was not. The, yeah. Houston was the last series where the offense looked right. Everything after that was kind of a mess for the offense. And again, yeah. as we said this week, they had a lot going on. The, the weight of trying to finish off the division. Like, this all is also where you're, you're hopeful that your home crowd no doubt. can really get, get your adrenaline flowing to 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 match the moment yep. you know rather than well we've got five days you know we're we're having these inner squad games and we're we're goofing off and then all of a sudden it's one o'clock saturday and it's showtime i think the crowd will help the orioles amp up i think it's a i you certainly then there's every reason to think that it's going to be rabid and loud and that will just go wish a long wild way. bill hagee was that'd there. be real nice right god that would be cool 
You want to make an official prediction, yeah. Griffin? I, I think the I think the bullpens will be the X factor in this series, and the Rangers bullpen is not is not being great. Very good. Uh, I mean, no. Leclerc is Leclerc is good, but you know when are they going to use him? Like if they have to I use did, him in the I seventh? did not know, according to Mark McLemore, that he had taken on the that the plan is he's mm. the closer. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. I was not that aware either. of that at all. Yeah. So and you know. But, I mean, but it makes sense because every time I turned around in September, Chapman was giving up a lead. Right. He was awful. And I like the Orioles' bullpen a lot better. It's going to be about, you know, how much the Orioles' offense can get to the starters of the, of the Rangers and how quickly they can get to that bullpen. And I think you go they back can to the, the Tigers series in 2014, that was the story, mm-hmm. right? Is that they were able to get the starters out, and that Tigers' bullpen was. Horrible. It's very very similar, yeah. very similar. So yeah. I like the Orioles to win the series. Uh, I mean, I, I, they're expecting Evaldi to start Game Three, so that's yeah. I guess Orioles in four or five. Well, that's not a prediction. You got to pick one. Orioles in four. I'm with Unfortunately, Stan. Actually, they I'm, I'm Orioles in five, and we're all, we're all in this miserable situation yeah. coming back for a game. Now, five. game five would be Friday. Yeah, because they would here. take another off day on, on Thursday. Yeah, so they play Tuesday, Wednesday in Texas, then off Thursday, and then back here. There's no Friday concerts night. on. Not that I'm aware in of Texas. But what, <laughs> that would screw everything. Oh, thank goodness my uh, Stavros is uh, is here on on Thursday. Thursday. Right? I think he's Are you here going Thursday and Friday? But I'm going okay. Thursday. So right. very cool. Yeah, That's wow. a lyric, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Stavros. Stavros. Wow. He's very, he's very funny. He's a Baltimore-based comedian that yeah. does this Ravens bit that everybody loves. He's, he's very funny. He's very, very funny. All right, uh, it, he was not going to fill a stadium though, for the record. Let's make he that might. abundantly clear. No. Let's get a uh, tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you this week, Griffin, by Live Casino and Hotel. You want to tell everybody what's going on there? Yeah, maybe you took uh, the primetime unders like I was telling you to, uh, and you took the under last night. That would have been a mistake Yeah, 60 been. points later. But if you did, at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, we will get you ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2022. January 4th, 2024, all live casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. In two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes range from live casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. It's at the live sport, Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE. Can you text Schmuck and find out if he made the bet? I would just like to So we had Schmuck on on uh, yeah. Wednesday yeah. in the morning, and he said, by the way, if I were a gambling person, I might wander over to, and he actually mentioned Live Casino live and casino, Hotel. Right, because he lives nearby there. Bet all four of these series to end today. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I've got a, That's a good bet. funny yeah, feeling that about that. Bet. And I don't know that he made it. If he did, I'd be like to knowing he, what the he's odds probably were. Probably a very and, wealthy person. Yeah, right. Man. How much he made off of it, I would just like to know if that were. That the sounds case. like knowing Peter. This kind of story that he'll go. I said I was going to do that. Yeah, or then, I should have done it. Yeah, but, uh, didn't uh, didn't do it. Yeah, that's a lot of us have moments like that. But uh, that would have been a heck of a bet if you had taken Peter Schmuck's advice on Wednesday morning. For you to have made, you wouldn't have needed a second chance in that yeah. situation because you would have hit big. All right, uh, I just told Griffin to text somebody as he was supposed to be doing tidbit. That's that's on me. That's not on him. Other things are on him. That one's not. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the the Diamondbacks they became the fourth team in each of the to to come back a multi run comeback 
and win each of their first two games of a single postseason. The fourth time this has happened, last time You're was... You're not actually going to ask. Sure. 2009, the... The, the Phillies. The New York Yankees. Okay. And they did win the World Series that year, I guess. And then so. another team with Evan Longorio on it in 2008, the, the Tampa the Bay Rays. Rays. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Rays. And then in 1956, the, the Dodgers did this. So the fourth time that a team has uh, come back uh, in each of the multi-run comeback in each of their first two games. DJ Moore last night, great, great game. Uh, it was 230 yards. Did you see the tweet yards. from Maryland football? Uh, they, they pointed out it's in the past week it's the third time either a current or former Terp has had a three touchdown or three um, receiving touchdown game, mm-hmm. which of course Stefan Diggs did for the Bills yeah. and Ty Felton did. Like it was a wide wide receiver. You exactly right. He now has he is at 531 receiving yards this season, which is more than any Bears wide receiver had all of last year. DJ Moore. So <laughs> so you were right, Glenn. Yeah, again. All right. All right, he's up over there. Okay. He is the first Bear, Bears player uh, in the Super Bowl era with 200 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in the same game. First time a Bear has ever done it's that. It's not all that surprising. The Bears it's do not, not exactly have like a well, litany of... it's not like of, that common. Um, yeah, it's, player, not a, it's not a very common... They're not... It, you don't see a lot of those games, and the Bears have not had like a history of a, big a offense. And, yeah. yeah, so that's not that One surprising. One player has ever done it twice. One player has ever done in it twice. Football in history. football history. Randy Moss. Not Randy Moss. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, in fact. Yeah. Uh, And so I got, I looked up the stat for most scrimmage yard or 200 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns in a game. There are from anyone. From anyone. So running backs, wide receivers. Okay. And uh, there are eight players that have had three such games or more. So you get that 200 scrimmage yards and and three touchdowns. So it could be a rushing, receiving, anything like that. 200. on, on a specific team, no. any, in, any in the history, history of football, in yes. the history of football, who has the most games doing that? Um, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is yeah. on the list. I mean, he did three, it, including all-purpose yards. He had three, uh, three games. He did twice of just receiving two okay. yards. Are they Jerry all? Rice, are they all wide receivers? No. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson's not on the list. Okay. That's a good guess. How about O.J. Simpson? May not have ever done this once. Is a Baltimore Colt on that list? Uh, there are no Baltimore Colts. There okay. is a Baltimore Raven, former Baltimore Raven. I don't think he wasn't, didn't really. I don't think he ever did this with the Ravens. Oh, but Steve Smith? Not Steve Smith. Um, Anquan Bolden? Not Anquan Bolden. Derek Mason? I'll, I'll give it to you. The only wide receiver is Jerry Rice on the list. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So. Did Jamal Lewis? I don't. Did he have three touchdowns? Not that Jamal game? Lewis. He definitely had the two hundred yards. Former teammate of Jamal Lewis. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, yes. he had that. Yeah. Three know. games of two hundred yards and yeah. three tuds. God, he was a monster, man. People forget how good Priest Holmes was. He was. What a backfield they had. God. Um. So the rest of them are running backs, or yeah, is there the a tight them, end? The okay. Rest of them are running. Gail Sayers, one of them. Gail Sayers is not on the list. Ooh, that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders Barry is in Sanders. fact on the list. I guess Marshall Falk would make a lot of sense. Marshall Falk is, in fact, three such games. Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson has the most games ever, five games of 200 scrimmage yards and three scrimmage touchdowns. So we need three more? Yes, three more. Three more. Um, Earl Campbell. Uh, Not Earl Campbell. Curtis Martin. Not Curtis Martin. Mm. Uh, 
Christian McCaffrey? Not Christian McCaffrey. So it's kind of surprising. Yeah. We have one, you know, kind of modern, like mid two thousand, early two thousand. And wh- what's the old timer? Old timer is how? What uh, years? Fifty sixties. Fifty sixties. Ali Matson? Not Ali Matson. I think he did it twice. Dick Bass. Not Dick Bass. In, in the two thousands, I'm what Stan. Willie Gallimore. Uh, not Willie Gallimore. Whew. And one active player. These would be good for the football grid, though. You <laughs> yeah. got some. One active player. One active player. One from Kamara. The, not Alvin Kamara. God, who would it be? Did he play for the Detroit Lions? Um, the no. Okay. I'm guess Mel Farr. I can't remember. I, all I'm these just guys. hang on. I'm just gonna start it's, guessing. It's active a little guys. more obvious, Stan. How about Tony Dorsett? Not Tony Dorsett. Okay. Jim Brown. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, Jim Brown. I can't believe we didn't guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. Let me just. We're showing off the brain. Let's there, just Stan. go through think. the active guys, right? Chubb, Taylor, Henry. Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. Derek, Derek Henry, Henry. Three such games. And then you said somebody in the 90s? Somebody in, yeah, in the late 90s, mid-2000s. Late 90s, mid-2000s. Um, Brian Westbrook. Not Brian Westbrook. Yeah, Clinton Portis. Not Clinton Portis. Corey Dillon. I think Clinton Portis did it twice. Yes, Corey Dillon. Corey really? Dillon is the answer. Way Three games. Go. Way to go. Corey Dillon. Wow, you pulled that out. Yeah, did. Really did. I don't know why, but whenever I think of Clinton Portis, I also think of Corey <laughs> Dillon. I can't. I can't tell you what my thought process is, but I have associated the two of them with each other for some reason over the years. Clint Fortis has two games. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Good job. Tubular brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and the buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Big weekend, and it all kicks off tonight. Johns Hopkins, Gettysburg, 7 o'clock. Before that, 4 p.m., Concordia Prep takes on John ah, Carroll. All right, there you go. On YouTube. There you go. Are you doing that game? Yes, yeah. You and Miles Goodman? Me and Miles Goodman. Very good. That's correct. Guys, uh, I'm going to duck out. I just realized it's 12.15. I want to see Braddish press ah, conference good. at 1.15. Stan, thank you, sir. Appreciate right, it. I'll at Stan the Fan on Twitter is all how right. you follow him. Appreciate you hanging out with us this morning. All right, game one tomorrow. Fox Sports 1, 1 o'clock. Kyle Bradish. We, look, it's Kyle Bradish versus TBA. There are no official footage. Kyle Bradish versus TBA. So this press conference is like, you know, pen to paper, you think? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, game one between the Twins and Astros at 445 on Fox Sports 1 as well. The uh, first games in the National League are also both tomorrow. Then they had, for some odd reason, they have off days on Sunday in the National League. It's a very weird way they're they doing this. To, or, to or stagger it, I yeah, get it, but I, I, they just don't want to be going against football, football on Sunday, yeah. and I, I get it to some extent, but it's still weird. Phillies Braves game one tomorrow night at six, and Diamondbacks Dodgers game one at nine twenty. Both those games on TBS. As Stan mentioned, Maryland Ohio State at noon tomorrow on Fox. CBS Sports Network for North Texas Navy at three thirty. Towson hosts Albany tomorrow at four. Stevenson's at Albright at noon. Um, a big one, of course, is Oklahoma, Texas, but you're going to be watching the Orioles. So, you know, that's on ABC if you want to watch that, but you're going to be watching the Orioles. And then on Sunday, Raven Steelers, 1 o'clock. Of course, Rangers Orioles, game two at four, followed by uh, Twins Astros, game two at eight. Both those games are on Fox Sports 1. The other uh, NFL games you can watch on Sunday, starting in the morning, 9.30 a.m., Jaguars Bills at uh, on NFL Network. And then the late games on TV on Fox, Bengals, Cardinals at 4 o'clock, and CBS Chiefs-Vikings at 425. Game one of WNBA Finals on ABC Sunday at 3 between Vegas and New York. 
Anything non-sports? Everything else you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Non-sports ones? Uh, just a couple things. Uh, Peter Schmuck did say he unfortunately didn't have time to get uh, away and get out to the uh, casino because he doesn't do the gaming apps. And uh, But I told, him, I told him, you know, download Superbook, use Glenn Clark 20. Yeah, right, of course. That's exactly Said it would have paid out about 11 to 1 had he been able to make it out there. Man. Yeah. I mean, he probably wouldn't have put more than, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get in Peter Schmuck's wallet. Maybe he could just make a $100 bet and not think about it. But I feel like a bet like that, you put uh, – look at John Colson decked out in his old-school Orioles Ooh, starter jacket. I like that. Is, wait, is that actually yeah. a starter jacket or not? It Maybe looks like it a starter jacket, but it. I don't. now that I look at it again, normally they have the starter logo somewhere. That, yeah. Here, slide but, over, John, so the camera can see you. There. My favorite gift – I think I've talked about this story before. <laughs> my 12th birthday was 2131. Yeah. And my parents like pulled me before school started. They like pulled me in. Like my dad never stayed home from work like this. So I was like, "Oh, they're telling me we're going. We're going <laughs> twenty one thirty one, right?" And then they hand me this awesome Oriole starter jacket, and I'm like, <gasps> and I'm freaking out, right? Yeah, that was the gift. <laughs> the gift was the jacket. <laughs> Not the game. And it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, I'm like an idiot. I'm going to school on September 6th wearing this big old Oriole. St- I'm like, I'm sweating my ass off. But I am convinced that there's a surprise coming that my parents are pulling me out to take me to 2131. And it never, never, <laughs> never happened. Well, this so is, I have I've looked for my parachute about, pants. I couldn't find them. Yeah, or the Zubas. Yeah. You could really use a pair of old school Oriole Zubas. We're fired up, baby. I'm fired up. It's gonna be, it's are, gonna you, be a- are you going this weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, you going to both? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. It's going to be I a I got invited. Weekend. Yeah. I'm, 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 oh, you got invited? Yeah, I unfortunately had to give all of our tickets away to clients. Well. It was very sad. Fair. And then I got a call last night, and ah, uh, look at how buddy's that saying, hey, look you wanna, how... I was going on Saturday. Oh, Mrs. Clark and I had to have the awkward conversation last night. She doesn't care that much. No, you say, no it's an event. It's an event. Right. That's what, she... No, listen. So we're at the kids' soccer. We had a parents' day at school yesterday. So I'm seeing all the parents. We're all talking all day. And then they had soccer practice afterwards. So I'm, like, spending the whole day And you're Mr. Around. Sports Guy. So yes. they're all talking. I, all, every single one of them is talking I've been, about it. I've been there. Yeah. So we get to soccer practice, and some of the parents that, that I'm close, friendlier with, they said, by the way, are you going this weekend? And I was like, you know, actually, <laughs> this weekend, I'm not going, right? Like, I had to work on Saturday, and I would be getting there a little bit late. And then on Sunday, I didn't know what the Ravens schedule, like, what we were going to be doing. So I just, this weekend, I passed on going to the games. And so then they said, well, what are you going to? I'm like, well, I'm going to go to games one and two of the ALCS if if they're there. And all of a sudden, my wife overhears and is like, oh, you are? I'm like, well, yeah. That's when you pull the press. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a press yeah, thing. No, no, no. But then she's going to see on the pictures of, like, my dad and I being at the like, you know, She's played this game before. Say my dad paid for the tickets. That's exactly what I did. So she said, so who are you going with? I said, well, I'm going to go to with my dad dad's taking me and that's what she said oh you didn't want to invite me and if you guys remember from a couple weeks ago the answer is no, no. i did not want to no. invite my <laughs> wife because famously my wife and i appreciate it i think carson made a tiktok about this moment my wife a few years ago if you don't remember the story after right. the orioles were bad again she was like the orioles have always been bad and i was like how about like three years ago when we went to the playoff games she was like those were playoff games? Yeah. And so she will never again be invited uh, uh. to a playoff game. That will never happen again ever. There will never be another time 
Where Mrs. If somebody else invites her to one, God bless. If you would like, <laughs> or to take she goes and gets tickets. If you would like to take my wife to a playoff game, by all means, enjoy yourself. But Mr. Ryan Clark, Schell? yeah, Ryan Shellwood, Mr. Clark will not be taking Mrs. Clark to a playoff game. So my father is going with me to game one. My childhood best friend, who just came down here from Brooklyn, will be going That's with awesome. me to game two. And I, these things mean a lot to me, right? Yeah. Um, she is very upset about that to the point where after I told her, well. Dad got, and I literally said, Dad got the tickets. I didn't have a choice. So that buys me like the game one story, but game two, when she sees the picture go up of my buddy and I, I'm going to have to say, yeah, it's, it's weird. My he, buddy and I. He we, also got tickets. And it's weird how that worked out. I couldn't get any, but my dad and my best friend both were able to get tickets. Really weird how that worked out, that it played that way. It's going to be raining tomorrow. I think Apparently, it's, gonna, it's, it's like now it's, gonna be, it's mean, supposed to be like, like clearing it, up by the time the game starts. Ish. So if you're getting down there to party beforehand, I think you're going to be dealing with rain. Like going in the morning <laughs> and going into the game, you'll be dealing with it. But yeah. The word is that for the game itself, it's now supposed to be all good. Man. The word is Thunderbird. So the word is Thunderbird. <laughs> Not bad. Quarter twice. Uh, what do you What do you <laughs> want to talk about? What do you? Uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there <laughs> is a lot going on. It's a good thing. Um, Superbook. Yeah, we've been talking about People, it. I please, prom, I yeah. know, yeah, I yeah. heard. Yeah, Glenn Clark twenty three. Yeah. Please sign yeah. up so we can pay Glenn Clark and yeah, and uh, Griffin. I like that. All that. See, mine's. I could just appeal like that. Right. <laughs> it's like a fundraiser. Think of it as a fundraiser. If you want this place to exist, <laughs> if you want to be able to listen to the show ever again, then please use the code Glenn Clark twenty three at superbook dot com or download <laughs> the Superbook app right now. Anything else? That's very good. Uh, no, no. Oh, we just finished our. Co- I think there's still time to enter the contest today. We talked win, about yeah. that final day. Pressboxonline.com. Yeah, I heard that contest. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, and uh, of course, Tyus Bowser show on October seventeenth. Mother's North and Timonium. Ooh. Come join us for that. Hopefully, I guess he won't be practicing before that show. Hopefully, that Wednesday. Maybe if we get lucky. I mean, he could next week. Yeah. I mean, he could return next week. He just sort of... Team needs him. He kind of told us. He kind of gave away on the show this week. I appreciate the fact that he yeah. just said it. He kind of said, like, no, nah, I'm not ready. Yeah. So I at least appreciate the I honesty. admire him protecting himself, too. I, I totally get that. Yeah, I get it. It would just be I nice to see him out on the field. It would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be really nice. He's bringing Lamar this week, right? <laughs> Don't start. We're going to get ourselves in trouble, bro. Don't do that. There's too much good going on right now. Don't create unnecessarily problem, unnecessary problems. Uh, oh, your show, your Sunday, post-game yeah, show. Big post-game How cool is that? Extravaganza on Sunday night, as we mentioned a couple times. Uh, Femi will definitely be a part of it. Myself and Rita. The people at Superbook wanted you to do it from there, but then the MLB denied it. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Get this. Yeah, MLB shut them, not shut them down. It's going to be open. It's going to be doing all that. They just can't do anything of that type of promotion. Well, because technically MLB controls the stadium. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Right. But we're going to do some other cool stuff with them. There'll be some broadcasts coming up. Okay. All right. Cool. I look forward to those. Yep. I look forward to those. Very good. Thank okay, you, guys. Colson. Thank you. Appreciate it. Very good. Have a good weekend. Anything non-sports-wise, Tubular? Um, there's one thing that interests me. It's called Totally Killer, uh, a movie on Brian Prime Mattis video. just started following me on Instagram. Oh, sweet. It's very random. Literally. That, just, is, just, that is random. I talked to Brian Same Mattis. Brian Mattis? Yeah, I've been talking to him a very long time. <laughs> um, but uh, this looks like a horror movie that's more up my alley because I, like, I don't like scary movies, but this one looks, you know, it's a fun one. Julie Bowen's daughter gets sent back in time to the 80s, and she has a chance to try and stop a serial killer. And then, you know, chaotic fun... Uh, you know, uh, 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 happens, and so it looks looks good. It reminds me of uh, Freaky, the one with uh, Vince Vaughn. 
So I'm in, I'm 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 kind of excited. Sure, that'll make that'll that'll be okay for you. <laughs> that's 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 it. That's, okay. Yeah. All right. New episode of Gen V also on Prime Video. Which I haven't is the, watched it yet. I just just too much going on right now. I'll get there. I, heard it's very I will. Good. I will watch it because yeah. I love the boys, but I just haven't had a chance to start yet. All right. Very good. Thanks today to Stan the Fan Charles, Tim Kirkchen. Thanks also to Charlie Batch. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to Evan Washburn. Thanks to Mark McLemore. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Again, the bat around 9 to 11 tomorrow morning, Sunday after the Orioles game. Not after the Ravens game, after the Orioles game for Project Game Day this week. Don't hop on at 4. We won't be there. We will join you when the Orioles game is over on Sunday. Cool? feel like we can handle this all right and then we'll be back here on monday with stuff and things whatever there is to talk about after this weekend hopefully we're all in very good moods it could be very bad god i don't even want it this is the the virgo in me where like there's this impending doom always and i'm like jesus this could be even think about the being a possibility until you brought it up oh god also don't forget october 28th for the next hiring event for the baltimore county police department 700 east Joppa road in towson at the public safety building uh, if you're thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through the whole process, written test, agility test, and the application. If you're not thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, it's just a great community event, trunk or treat for the kids. Get there Saturday, October 28th. All right. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds! Go Ravens! Go Terps and Navy and Towson. No Morgan game this week because of the events this week. They decided, I think, just to cancel their game against Stony Brook, which... It's unfortunate, but you understand. Everybody, uh, good luck this weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Um, Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. Welcome back in here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. Press box and 105.7 The Fan, Glenn and Rita, Tyus and Justice Hill out with us at Guilford Hall Brewery. How about we make some noise for Guilford Hall Brewery, by the way? We love this place. This has become, it was always a home base for Rita. This has really become like a home base for all of us. We, um, I told you, the 15th, that's the day. Ravens in London, pre-purchase, $25, all-you-can-drink Guilford beer ticket. You got to go to guilfordhall.com in order to get it. And then watch parties for all of the O's playoff games. They're going to be doing happy hour specials during all of the playoff games, so if you are looking for Rita in the course of the next month, <laughs> you will know where to find her. She will be right here at Guilford Hall Brewery. Especially since I could not get tickets to the playoff games. Well, so. Tyus just said he's going to buy everybody tickets, so you're good. I'm not on the team, but I can be the water girl that day if you <laughs> need me to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Justice, a couple years ago, I remember talking to you about being the barber in college, mm -hmm. right? I don't know mm -hmm. if everybody knows the story that you were like team barber mm -hmm. at Oklahoma State. Wait, so, what? Bro, I was like that. I, I mean, I'm still like that. But yeah, being for Oklahoma and then being in Stillwater, we had like, no barbers in the city. And I started actually in high school because I had a simple cut. And me and my brother, we were just getting tired of going to the barber shop, having to wait two or three hours in the, in the, in the shop. 
not being right, messing up your lineup. And so I'm like, well, if we're going to mess us up, we might as well do it ourselves. And so <laughs> I started doing it. And when I got to college, it was nobody cutting. And people was like, damn, where, who doing your tapers? Like, I was like, sure, I'm just doing it myself. And then I, I started, people were doing it. I was cutting people for free and then started moving up. And then it was like a full-fledged business by the time I left. So you know. did you make some good, did you eventually make money? No, yeah, for sure. I okay. mean, that was the money I spent. And then uh, we had our stipends and all that stuff still, and I was able to save and invest that. And so uh, no, it, was a, it was a good little hustle. And I mean, I retired once I got here. And so now so I So you haven't cut anybody's hair since mm-hmm. then? Ty has just found no, out I actually, today. Yeah, I he mean, I cut, I cut Gus a couple times. Like when, when COVID came around, mm-hmm. I cut a couple guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Oliver, y'all remember him? But um, yeah, I had cut a couple of people, but they had to beg me because I, I, every time they asked, I'm like, I'm retired, man. I got you can go look on YouTube. I got video, Joel oh, Clat. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm cutting some guys, man. Hey, man, so, let me find out, bro. I'm scared. I'm <laughs> like you, that. Would you trust Justice like to cut your hair? I gotta see it. I gotta see the. I was like that. You believe Don't just let anybody cut my hair now. I was like that. I probably be barber right now, bro. But you know, I've always believed in you, so (laughs) you know, it might save me a few dollars. You cut your hair a couple times, didn't you? I have, I have, but I mean, if you if you really like that, you know what I'm saying? I'm like that, dog. I'm like that. I have to make that happen. We might have to. I might have to. I might pull the clippers out of retirement. All right, knock the cobwebs off. Okay. I want you to actually name a name this time. Okay. Who on the roster could most use a haircut right now? <laughs> who who needs it? Most use. Actually, who? There's a couple people. Who you said, Lamar? <laughs> he said, oh my no, Lamar got some, he got his stuff straight. Um, actually, his room, Tavius. Tavius, Tavius Robinson, Robinson. He need, oh. he need a little he need a little touch up. Yeah, he could use a nice little beard touch yeah. up. He got he got good hair, so I could just see him. You know. <laughs> Would you offer your braided. services for huh. free? You said what? No. Would you offer? No. Him? I'm talking about him. Would he offer nah. his service? You said no. Nah, nah. You <laughs> said so you gotta pay for that. Yeah, you gotta pay you gotta for pay it, man. For <laughs> okay, so what? Like asking Ray to Ray. How much you charging? Yeah, what were you charging in college, and what would you charge now? What was I charging in college? Yeah, well, I mean each year supply and demand it was going up. <laughs> yeah, each year. So it was. It yesterday's was zero. price is yeah, not, not today's price. Today's price. It for sure is not a lot of people range. I gotta assume you were a business major. Finance. I knew yeah. it. Yeah, close, close. What you charging though? I need to know how much. Right now? Yeah. Minimal house call or y'all coming to me? I need both. House call, probably two fifty. Two fifty? Yeah. <laughs> hey, now hey, exactly. Hey, but I ain't he gonna have that many clients. Supply and demand. I'm gonna have my couple clients. They gonna pay me good. What you need two fifty <laughs> for for a haircut? It's the experience. What experience? Of me cutting your hair. You cutting, <laughs> it's not, it's you not gonna cutting, be like anybody. You washing shampoo and you doing all that. You the razor. You gonna get up and feel good. You gonna want to go out that day. You gonna See, go test the town. Glenn, this is very interesting because back in the day, remember, like in the old days, like before you and I were even born, Glenn, football players had real jobs in yeah, the off did. season, so they were. You know, they were whatever. They had skills and did the, So you were going to be the barber. You yeah, were going to just, be the, the barber of the, ta- of the yeah, team. Yeah, it just got me where I needed to do in college. It got me where I needed. You, so. let, me, let me ask you this way. You said you're retired. Is there any chance that, like, one day when football's over, that, no. like, we're, you know, could you end up finding yourself back in that world somehow? Uh, not standing on my feet for 10 hours doing all that <laughs> stuff, but I could definitely well, own Well, yeah, but if you can charge shop. 250 for doing it one time, then... Still, not worth it. <laughs> but, no, but 
But I definitely would, would look into owning a shop or something like that. But, yeah, I couldn't. In-house. Yeah, in-house. No, how much in-house? In-house? Yeah. You coming to me? At the facility. Oh. Or man, wherever I, you at. Man, at just, your house, whatever. It's 150, man. <laughs> 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 Tyus is waiting until that word yeah. starts it. He's looking for free fit. The, the, the normal barbers charge $100 nowadays. No, bro. they don't. They're not charging $100 for no haircut. Hey, I'm talking about the good ones. I'm, I know a lot of good ones that ain't charging $100 for no haircut. I'm talking about the pristine ones. I, I've been line. around pristine <laughs> ones. You over here killing people, man. Nah, hey, I gotta make, 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 make a living, bro. bro. I make Rita, we've been doing Here's this show life, for- Life ain't that hard. You making good money now. <laughs> you making some great money. His wallet. I'm, I'm just saying, a hundred dollars for a haircut. You can't knock you the hustle. You paying a hundred dollars for a haircut? I, I no. Look at me. Have you looked at me? You think I'm paying a hundred dollars? I'm just saying. For a I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Would you be paying a hundred dollars for a haircut? I have paid seventy bucks for See, a haircut. I mean, wait, wait, wait. But are you expecting a tip after that? No. That's okay, the, that's, that's the rate. Makes a big. Okay. With tip, I probably you paid. You pay. Yeah, you paying twenty grand for a Lamborghini, man? No, oh, I'm not. Exactly. Exactly. I don't have a Lamborghini, so last, of course I'm not paying. Last it. week he was in his other other bins. The, GT, the other other bins. <laughs> yeah. Hey, chill out, chill out, chill out, chill out. He paid the price. And he paid the price. Read it. We've been doing That's this. That's gonna last me for a minute. A haircut <laughs> has only last me for two for two weeks. If you it's might good. find a girl of your dreams though with that cut. <laughs> yeah. What if Zazie Beats is there at the game? That might be priceless. Mm. That might be worth it, but you know, <laughs> who, I don't know, man. I We've know. done this show for three years. I've never seen Tyus as worked up about anything as he is about how much <laughs> yeah, justice is charging for a haircut. Just for just for the just to let people know, I'm a very frugal guy when it comes to my money. So if I can find if I can find something for a better reasonable price, I will <laughs> definitely find it. I promise you. But uh, for a hundred dollars, nah, nah, supply and demand, baby. I'm good supply on that. Supply and demand. <laughs> Demanding a lot. <laughs> exactly, low supply, dog. I want to touch on another hot button issue. I am noticing. So I think all Ravens fans genuinely enjoy Marlon's post game Instagram live videos. But I am noticing more and more that maybe not all Ravens enjoy Marlon's post-game victory Instagram live videos. Is that shtick? Or is that like, really, bro, what are you doing? I just want to sit on this flight and like not have a camera in my face right now and not have to deal with your nonsense at the moment. I think it just depends on the person. Okay. I, for me, I'm just so used to it. I've been around him enough to know that he does this all the time, and for the most part, it's just all good vibes when he does it. So I'm cool with it, but I don't think I've ever really been around any other players or whoever that didn't like it, so I'm not sure. Well, I can't tell if guys actually don't like it or if it's just all, like, inside stick. Like, Marlon, I ain't going to talk to you. For the like, most part, when I see it and I see guys on there, it's all, it's all fun. You okay. know, you see Justin Tuck on there. You see, you know. I mean, he's the star of the <laughs> What are you, you go into the Justin trap, you, you yeah. know, like that, the whole thing, yeah. man. Like, he's just like he's just having fun with it, you know. So on, I would, I would think that that would be, you know, the normal vibe around the around the airplane. So hey, he is the star of those. Justice, where are you at? Have you been yeah. invited on the the Instagram post game? Yeah, a couple, a couple times. He he stopped by. I don't really give him too much time. Time of day. <laughs> See, you, you can egg him on. He'll get going. But I just give him a quick little. Yeah, man, it's a great game, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
keep it pushing. See, I normally I normally be with like PQ, so he like to come, you know, to the to the more higher level guys. And luckily, <laughs> luckily I'm sitting next to him to where it's like, Tosh, what you got to say to the camera, you know? So I mean, I just I just try to be a part of. It. Like I said, I'm just I'm just glad to be here. That's it. That's it. I think Jadavian learned. Yeah, you saw that. The, huh? Yeah, Jadavian <laughs> learned this week. That people actually watch. You know that Marlon is Marlon, right? Because yeah. he, he he brought it up, and, and Jadavian was like, "Well, F everybody who said that." He was it's, like, "No, no, I just I made that up." And he was like, "Oh, my bad." I, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I thought everybody knew Marlon by now, but Jadavian, I had to get a hard lesson. Nah, he still knew. He still knew. So he still got some. He still got some more observers. He was yeah, really worked yeah. up about it too. Like he, he was really like, them. <laughs> he took it personal. Hey, what company has the expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus free? It's AJ Michaels Heating and Air Conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis at AJMichaels.com. Tyus Bowser show with Justice Hill, Press Box 1057 The Fan. We brought up Jadavion. Um, just give me a thought. What you know, this guy's brought. He is, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it might be, might not be the same guy anymore. Like he has really made an impact. And then Kyle Van Noy comes in this week, like right off the street. How difficult is that to do? I guess give me both of those. Honestly, I'm not sure how how difficult it is because, you know, I've been blessed to be around. You know, you've never been in the spot. I've right? never been in that situation, but you know, Kyle Van Noy is a professional, and you know, I played against him back in college. And just to see the talent that he has, I know he still has it. And, you know, he went out there and was very productive. And then, you know, Jadavion has always been that guy. I mean, from the South Carolina days, you know, he's always been an inf impactful player. And he's just always had the skill set. And, you know, regardless of what people say, people could say this and that about people. But these guys, I know for me, I've been around him during the offseason, you know, doing pass rush stuff. And that dude still got it. And only the people that's actually – in the trenches who's actually putting in the work actually know what these guys have and he shows it out there you know and i'm sure he wasn't expecting to play this many plays mm -hmm. you know based off of the situation with a lot of us being hurt but you know he's definitely made his name known you know in that building i'm, I'm if you ever bring jadavion out i want to make it abundantly clear i do a lot of stunts i will not allow you to have him reenact the michigan hit on me here oh, that night i'm not going to do that, yeah, that was i don't care how much you you know donate to a charity that won't i don't think i would perish i believe in that moment yeah that was that was crazy man I was, that was crazy yeah 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 all right so y'all know what week it is right we know what week it is, right, y'all? Now, this is where we can boo. Boo! It's, it's Steelers week, but I like to call it, it's, it's really F the Steelers week. That's what it is. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, it's, I believe that's it's a family I, I, show, so wait, I can't say what I really like to say, but, you know, that's, that's what we are. I think Terrell Suggs said it plenty of times. Forget, forget the Steelers. Yeah, forget the Steelers. That's yes, exactly forget what the Steelers. it is. Yes. I'm just making sure. Yes. Yes, he, my, he got he got the shirt on. That's the shirt that Terrell Suggs used to wear all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So so, you know, obviously this is a a very storied rival. This young man has a tattoo of the same picture. Oh, wow. oh, <laughs> oh that's dope. That's dope. That's, oh, that's so that, that shows y'all how deep it is here, yeah. right? Like it is a very heated, deep rivalry in this city. Fun, respectful, but but deep nonetheless. So. Guys, what is your favorite memory or least favorite memory that you have uh, of the Steelers-Ravens rivalry? Justice, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, 
I think one of my favorite ones is actually scoring one of my first touchdowns against them in the rain, my, my rookie year. And then um, my, the other one, we were up there in Pittsburgh. It was a close game. And Juju Smith-Schuster caught the ball, and then Marlowe punched it out. That was over, the the overtime. Yeah, the yeah. overtime. Went. That was my two, two that I really, really remember. And, um, but it's going to be a lot more, a lot more great memories made. Tyus, what's your, your, your least or greatest memory? Yeah, I know, um, you know, earlier Zach Orr was uh, talking to the team, and he just mentioned that you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers and you made a play, you know, in that rivalry because, you know, there's so much story, there's so much story history. And I think Sizz once said, once said that um, when, when he was still with the team, just like, you're not a Raven. Until you made a until you made a play and you beat the Steelers, and we brought you here specifically to beat the Steelers. Like we wouldn't we wouldn't have you here if if you couldn't, you know. And for me, the first time I want to say I played the Steelers, um, I sacked Ben Roethlisberger, you know, and that was. <laughs> and people love that. <laughs> And just and just being a football fan and just having so much respect for Ben Roethlisberger, just being you know one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, and to just be on the field with him, to be in that situation, whether it's Sunday night or whatever, and to make that play, like I still remember it to this day. And even in 2020, uh, I end up getting an interception from him as well. And I hold, I literally have that in the whole plaque, like, and I look at that and I'm like, man, I actually, you know, caught an interception. I sacked this guy. And that's just one of the things that I never forget, you know. So it's cool, man. Yeah. That's, I'm getting goosebumps. You talking about that, bro? Like it's oh man, it's Raven Steelers, y'all. Like yeah, that's man. what that is. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, anything during a trip, and whether maybe it wasn't there, maybe it was somewhere else. But we'll wrap this week. You know, when you go up there, our guy Chris Ruling from Great Eights was up in Cleveland this week. He said he got you know mother effed by every person that he bumped into. Yeah. Do you remember any particular like heckle or interaction when a trip to Pittsburgh where you're like, okay, I'm not even gonna lie, that actually got me to laugh. Like, I, that was actually funny what somebody said. Oh man, I'm trying to figure out. There was a lot, I know for sure. <laughs> I know for sure. But for the most part, it's been, you know, very explicit. <laughs> um, but nothing, nothing like too crazy that I, that was just like out of the, out of the box, out of the blue, so. Justice, anything? Yeah, no, I haven't really paid attention. I think <laughs> I have my headphones in, going in. I'm not really out there before the game. I know Ty's go out there, throw the ball around, so you probably hear a little bit more. But, uh, no, I haven't. I, haven't I just imagine that scene, like, they're all giving you the middle finger and Justice, like, out there bopping, like, yeah, yeah. what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, like, I've actually thrown a ball. You know, I normally throw yeah. the ball with the fans, and they will never expect that from me. And I actually gained a few fans from the Steelers that was like, you know what? You say that, but I'm pretty I'm, sure the I'm next like, day they still hate it. No, I'm, <laughs> dead, I'm dead serious. They were like, you know what? I hate the freaking Ravens, like, with a passion, with all my heart. But you, you gained a fan in me all just right. from the fact yeah. that you're doing that. Uh, but then it was also like making friends with any. You don't, you don't, you don't like that, Glenn. He's trying to say something nice about Steelers fans, though. I'm not, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm talking about from a football standpoint. Now, from. The Raven Steelers is like, you know what? Outside of that, I, I hate you. There you we know? go. There you go. But you're a good Lord. dude, though. But you're a good dude. You're, you're a good dude. Y'all make some noise one more time for Tyus Bowser and Justice Hill, please.
Justice, is there anything we can plug for you, man? Uh, social, where people can follow you, anything you got going on that we can plug for you? I mean, I you just, you, I mean I'm not promoting much. I mean, you can just follow me on Instagram. Or I just said, is there Twitter. anything that he's got going on? Like, we don't know already. He, he has not, absolutely nothing going he on. Not, literally nothing going on. Just... Just playing ball right now, just focusing on that. So. Hey, uh, congratulations on uh, stepping into this like awesome role and succeeding this way that. this season, appreciate man. It. Thank you for coming out and joining us Thank this you. week. Thanks for the invitation out, man. It's been a great time. Great meeting all you guys and seeing you guys. Very, very cool. Uh, Tyus, we will see you two weeks from tonight. After another win. Yeah. After another win. Yeah, we request <laughs> that. Claiming it in advance. <laughs> After London, we'll be back together on the 17th, October 17th. You can find out more about the next Tyus Bowser show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Thanks to Superbook Sports. Don't forget, Glenn Clark 23 is the code up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. And also remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Rita, love you. Tyus, always appreciate you, bro. Oh, oh, one more, one more thing. Uh, I brought these, um, these gifts for you and uh, Rita. Just saying, you know, happy birthday. I missed out Aww. on it. You know, so I just wanted to give y'all these. It's a big bag, too. It, it's, a, it's just a, you know, a few it things. It's a big bag. Just Man. Man. Justice peeking in my bag. Yeah, man. <laughs> now I'm sure afraid I'm, no in there. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna get emotional again, man. Just Last time Tyus gave me a gift, it was like the nicest pair of shoes I've ever seen. That he won't stop wearing. He refuses. You probably got him on now. He I do have him on, on now, actually. He does I got a sign. Oh my god! Just Look a at that. Sign. It's got my name on it. You know, it's getting a little cold, so I was like, you know, a nice little Ravens hoodie. You know, I'm, I apologize beforehand because um, I was talking with the equipment people, and I specifically told them exactly how your name is written, and they kind of oh, added no. one extra E to it, <laughs> you know? That's all right with me, baby. I but, see it. Yes. Man, I love oh, you, bro. Love you too, man. I love you. Thank you, Ty. Rita is my name now, e. ladies and gentlemen. So that's how you would have to speak to me with an extra E. It's sort of like name. Reed, right? Like it's like everybody's chanting your name at yeah, the stadium. Uh -huh. Like Rita. There it is. Rita. I love it. <laughs> Thank you all for coming out and joining us tonight. Thanks to Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Superbook, AJ Michaels, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, for Rita and Tyus. I'm Glenn. This has been the Tyus, Tyus Bowser Show.